Good evening and welcome to Reexamined with Megan Walsh. I am Megan's co-host Gino and we have returning guest and co-host Lindsay McBrayer, researcher extraordinaire. Lindsay, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing good. Thanks for coming back. We appreciate you as always. And of course, Megan Walsh, the host of this great show. Megan, how are you? I am good, Gino. How are you guys? Well, I guess good, right? So you're doing good, Gino? I'm good. I'm good. Am I great? Probably not great, but good. Yeah. 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 I guess that's my my uh, skip in that intro or high is, you know, we're all hanging in there, I think, at this point. Yeah. My heart's still beating and I'm breathing. So I guess that's a good thing, right? <laughs> it's hard to complain. Amen. People ask how I am and I'm like, I'm alive. So we're here. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. There's that. Okay, well, tonight, ladies, um, we're going to do a little bit of a review. We're going to kind of go back over a little bit of some of the things we've covered. But we think it's important because a lot of this stuff, we have a lot of new viewers, first of all. And then second of all, we need to go over the character of people. It's important to understand who these people are in real life, not just maybe a TV image or something you've seen on a magazine cover. So it's really important that we cover the personalities behind the scenes. Uh, and also, just we're going to track through the evidence a little bit again. I mean, Otis Tool was supposedly Adam's killer, um, beheaded him, all this this stuff. We went over that evidence extensively a few episodes ago. And, I mean, look, as far as I'm concerned, it's all nonsense. I feel like they it was a botched investigation. If it wasn't set up to be botched, I'm not sure. Uh, but we'll kind of go over a few more things with that and touch, touch on Otis Tool and kind of go into some of that stuff again. So... I just wanted to tee it up for you, Megan, but uh, anything you'd like to say before we actually dive in here? Uh, yeah, I, well, I think I agree with you, obviously, and that's what we want to bring tonight. Um, you know, we try to give, I think that we're tending to give big amounts of information and then try to do recaps or just remind our viewers every couple episodes or so, you know, on certain things to either look back on or more that we've found because again we are going through this process uh with everybody else you know this this case has been controversial since the day it happened you know this is you know who are really the conspiracy theorists here i think is what we're going to get into tonight and also uh a little bit of jumping from you know over the the information that we have presented so far right and just you know in various aspects whether it's who john walsh really is or you know what was going on what's up with Otis tool like you said uh and some different things like that again next week we'll get into more research um we have been digging for the past week lindsay has been hard at work um as well as many people on twitter uh so i want to give a shout out uh first and foremost before we get into stuff to everyone on twitter or um, gosh guys x x sorry uh you know yeah i can't I'm, say x either i can't i'm, I'm still, still trying say, to give I still have to say it i still have to yeah. say twitter no right I'm still it's always going to be Twitter. My, my card to like pay for things. So just that's, I'm, <laughs> I, guess I'm old, I guess we call it old school these days. Okay. So, uh, you know, on X have really started uh, to put stuff together and create some really great threads and, um, you know, comments, some really great information and background and historical information, which this is really what this is about. You know, we're not, 
just theorizing out of thin air. Yes, we're speculating, we're asking questions, we're making observations. Um, and that's what we've always done and, and given our, our take on it. And we've always asked for you all to give your takes because we're all in this together. That's pretty much the reality of it. Um, and I will keep driving that point until I can't drive it no more. So um, I think that tonight- or, or, or until that point where you don't have to anymore necessarily. Exactly. And I think that that really does direct it back, Lindsay. Thank you. Because it's been very positive lately is my point on X uh, with people starting to really put things together and write great threads and provide great information. And we really, really thank you for that. Um, it's led us to, again, next week, we'll be looking at some of the deeper uh, connections. We, you know, have addressed CPS and my other work and people know what I do outside of this program. Um, and then we have, you know, touched on, you know, what has been put out already through the public and public records regarding Adam's case. Um, and then, you know, next week, I'm really looking forward to it. We're actually holding the content for next week because uh, we just, Lindsay keeps finding more stuff people provide keep providing more information um and it's very exciting and and that does personally i have to say um you know i'm grateful for that because it's what keeps me going in in a lot of this especially at this point when you know resources have been taken by influencers and and different things instead of survivors and uh you know now we're at the point where action could be taken and i guess it's god's plan that you know we just keep delivering information and uh you know resources and support and awareness and all of that uh will come and is coming so i want to thank everybody for uh, those that have contributed, of course, everyone that joins us here um, and on any other uh, platforms, I will be doing a space uh, tomorrow night on X uh, at nine o'clock. And uh, I just thank everyone for the support. We couldn't do what we do without you guys uh, helping along. And I think that most of us know that, again, this has been controversial from day one. Yeah, I man, I'm glad you brought up controversial again, because that's exactly what I was going to say. When you when you brought up that word, that's something that I don't think many people put together with Adam Walsh's case. I think maybe now they're starting to see it. But for the last 40 plus years, no one's really thought controversial. They just said, oh, that poor kid and that poor family. And, you know, look at the, the good work John Walsh is doing with, you know, getting all these dirtbags off the street. I think but, that's fair. But we have to, we have to look at this with open eyes now, because in light of all this information that's coming out, like Megan had stated, and also everything that we see, even in the, in the files online, you can read them for yourself. We've gone through them extensively. We're going to keep going through them. You have to question it. You have to say, well, man, this should be controversial. Like there's a lot of like misinformation, disinformation, lies, um, I don't know. There's. It seems like a story changes or it, it grows legs and kind of, <laughs> I don't know, like what do you call it? Evolve, I guess. Um, and it's. Yeah. we have to look at it and we're going to have to re-examine it, hence the name of the show, and say, okay, what is going on here? And I think this is our 10th episode and I think we've done that pretty well so far. But Megan, like you were saying, like people are reaching out and there's some really good people doing some deep dives and getting information. And we're going to be presenting a lot of that information in the coming weeks. And I think it's going to be exciting to go through that and take different angles, different snapshots uh, of what we've been 
looking at, but just from different points of view. And that's very key. I mean, in any investigation, if you're doing an investigation, it can't be a one-sided investigation. It has to be multiple angles and points of view to get to the truth, right? I mean, otherwise, it's it's very subjective. We want it to be objective. Correct? Right. We've been we're called the conspiracy theorists when that's exactly what, by definition, detectives and investigators and do uh, by by the book. So, um, you know, well, I'm going to throw something in there into your into your what you're saying. Can you hear me? Yep. Um, Go ahead. You know, I've, um, the, the government actually made up that word, conspiracy. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, that's a CIA term that, yeah, it's a joke. I mean, and look, there are there conspiracies? Of which, course there's which, conspiracies. Well, which we're finding a theme of CIA, and I think right. that that is poignant to actually you know, introduce right now. Why not when it comes up? And I think that's a great point, Lindsay, because what we're finding more and more is, you know, the, the three letters that we don't want to say uh, are really, you know, what is is ultimately behind uh, a lot of what we're talking about and wrestling through and uh, delineating every day. You know, the word conspiracy in itself, I mean, a conspiracy could be two people conspiring to do something together, right? Or more more people or one person, yep. whatever, conspiring. But a conspiracy, like, you know, they've turned it into is this, you know, made up tale and, you know, this thing of like lies and deceit and kind of um, thinking off the, off the rabbit trail and going, oh, that's really weird. And all these weird like analogies and metaphors and stuff. But it's, it's really just people conspiring to do something and that's what we're discovering right we're aspiring or we're discovering conspiracies we're discovering well wait a minute there's something that's not been told to the general public with Adam's case and lots of people involved in it at the highest levels and it's just not cool <laughs> I mean let's face it like like whatever happened to Adam whatever you believe as the uh, audience viewing this tonight hi Tanya good to see you good to see you over there in Rumble Tanya's always a loyal customer here at the room. I was just signing in and about to say hi, Tanya. That's what I'm doing over here. Okay. Hi, Tanya. Um, Yeah, we got, uh, uh, there's viewers over there, but no one ever, I wish people would start chatting. I want you guys to chat. We need your opinions. We need your comments, criticisms, whatever. We'll take anything. Uh, But it is true, isn't it, Megan and and Lindsay? Like, you, you realize, like, you look at this with new lenses and you're like, wow, I can't believe I actually believed a lot of this crap. But when it's when it's regurgitated over and exactly, and when it's regurgitated over and over again, it does become the truth to you because you're just brainwashed by it. You've heard it so many times, you're like, oh yeah, that must be the truth. Well, it's it's time to re-examine it. Yeah, I, I, well, yeah, I, it's time to re-examine it, and I I have been humbly admitting my naivete. I mean, no one's too big in this, and we are all just. I I would like to hope that most all of us are doing our best in this. And, um, you know, we're not always going to be right, but we have to look at this. I mean, we have to start grounding these issues and these topics and not leaving them up in this like political dramatization that's severely affecting our society. You know, it's, I don't mean to go off on a deeper note or side to that, but, you know, we do have to start grounding this and saying, you know, what is, what is conspiring? 
what is theory? Like, I more than welcome that. That's actually accurate. And that, that shows a lot on how the energy of, you know, society or the perspective, I should say, of society um, has taken that. And that goes deeper into how we look at these issues or how we treat victims um, that are coming out. I'm, you know, tw uh, Twitter X is, is, you know, amazing for certain things. And we know that social media in general is very destructive in many ways. And, you know, what we've seen over the years of doing this work is really about, you know, when, when people are coming out, you know, yes, we have to use discernment. Again, we have to ask questions. We have to observe, make observations. But, uh, you know, we need to also be weary of blaming the victim or shaming the victim versus investigating and holding the predators uh, accountable and responsible. So. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I mean, right. it, you well, just have to question everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, if we've learned anything. Thing. Yeah, if we've learned anything in the last five or six years in this country, we need to question every single thing that we see in here, yep. everything. And it's not, that's not paranoia. That's like a good life skill. You know, like that's what I'm talking about. We need to like ground these things instead of like, you know, we've been at, like I've, I've mentioned, I think last week and on my Twitter stuff, like we've been in, uh, you know, trauma for like the past three years, all of us and have faced hardships in, in various ways in our own ways. And now we're all hyper vigilant. I mean, this is how trauma works, right? This is not anything made up. And we're all hyper vigilant. And, you know, that's being used against us at this point. And people that have good intentions and want to get the message out, uh, you know, it's it's been used against us and easily uh, you know, dismissed, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. And so I guess my message here is more about, um, I keep looking at the chat, sorry, guys, um, is more about, uh, you know, grounding this and, you know, being able to, we get, we all know the points. And if you're somebody that knows all of this stuff already, then you hold that truth. But there's people that don't, there's people that are buying into that. And these are the realities, just like you're going to have good and bad times in life. And we have to then shift the way that we are talking about things or what we're giving people first or addressing first, uh, you know, when that's not being effective, if that makes sense. You know, we have to start looking at where people are at. We have to meet people where they are um, as much as we want to, you know, shout from the rooftops. Believe me. Believe me, me out of everyone. I'm sick of this. I, you know, I thought this would be way over, you know, and again, going back to that naivete, I thought that I would come, I'm humbly saying this. I thought that I would come out uh, and, you know, when I'd started questioning my family and, and things internally, and then this was done with my children, I thought when I came out, look, I'm, I was already an advocate against the corruption within CPS. Now I'm showing the corruption within CPS. I'm, you know, through the, the process of being completely devastated and ignored or otherwise by mainstream media, I thought that that would show the gatekeeping and the bias and, you know, all of that in that arena, uh, you know, coming out about the National Center, I thought would really show the, you know, elite connections and the deeper aspects of, you know, this Epstein issue that everyone wants to know about. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. I wrote a post, I believe, yesterday or the day before about it. And, you know, there's just, there's actually so many aspects. We've even, Lindsay, we've been talking about this. We've even, you know, shown 
you know, on my on my page, the I mean, clonade interviews with my father. We're down. We're like literally at that. This is not that crazy. And this is where we're at. And it's hard. It's a lot to process, but we just have to ground it and take it one step at a time. And Adam's case is something that really affected our country um, and has for 40 years uh, plus 40 plus years. Right. And allowed a lot. And that's where I come from. You know, when we're seeing the destruction of the nuclear family, when we're seeing the corruption within CPS and family courts, how children are being handed to abusers and pedophiles, how the court uh, system is, you know, taking children from loving homes and extorting, uh, you know, loving parents and protective parents. I mean, the list goes on and on. And I think that we really need to be seeing these real aspects. We can stay in the drama of it and the excitement. And I know that that's what's kept a lot of us going, but trust me, you know, but it is time now to start grounding these things and, and saying, you know, what is the reality of this, whether I like it or not, you know, take yourself out of the situation, take yourself out of yourself and say, what are we seeing here? You know, I don't have an agenda. Like, let me just look at the, at the facts that are presented. Are these facts even, I mean, question that and, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, start shifting how we look at things and how we, you know, assimilate things. And, you know, I, I think that's a positive thing actually for our society. I think it's about questioning and discernment and, and being able to be that observer of self and otherwise. Well, you mentioned the excitement of it. That's not what's keeping me in because this is not exciting to me. <laughs> this is horrifying <laughs> that this is actually going on in this country and worldwide for that matter. Uh, and it's got to, it's got to end. I mean, we all know that and it's going, it's going to end. We're going to end this thing. But Megan, I also want to take this opportunity because I, for one, know you. I think I know you pretty well now. And you know, uh, we've been friends for a couple of years, a couple of years plus actually. And I'm sick of the smash and burn campaign against you. You're an innocent person <clears throat> that had your family torn apart because you were questioning things and you were an advocate. If people don't notice, Megan was already an advocate before any of this ever happened to her own family. But this is a pattern we see with like CPS and these organizations. What, what do they do? You start calling them out and they come after you. They're not really thrilled with it. They want to do this all clandestine, all in the dark right behind the curtain. And Megan was just following in her dad's footsteps, we thought, right? You, I mean, you thought, hey, my dad's been fighting crime, I, you know, and I, I've learned this since I was a little girl. I've watched all his shows. He's my hero. And so you just started questioning the narrative and you thought you were going to hear something different. <laughs> I should say that. You, you thought you were going to hear something much different. And what happens? He I'm gets all mad and, and everybody starts calling you names and then people start coming after you. And on Twitter, I mean, some people on Twitter, that, I mean, like, I, you got to wonder, like, I, I don't get it. Like, I'm so sick of, of social media. That's, I'm off it. Like, I had to get off. I was just losing my mind on there reading this stuff because it's hard to believe that there's people that are so angry and mad and they need, they just feel this need to call you a name. Or, or, you know, disparage yeah. your character and they don't even know you. Like, that's disgusting yeah. to me. Like, I, I, I would think... never do that to anybody. And I can't believe they do that. They do it to you on a regular basis. Now, thank God, a majority of the people that are following Megan have very positive things to say. But there are those stragglers, trolls, you know, whatever you want to call them, bots even, that are out there 
that just say despicable things. Well, look, I, I like to address everything. I'm an open book, but I will not give my energy. And I hope that others, you know, hopefully maybe I can be an example humbly through this horror, I guess, you know, is what I what I humbly hope for. Um, but again, that would be going back to those aspects that I humbly thought. I hate to keep saying the word, but it's real. I guess that's me trying to describe like the in, like I literally was dumb thinking this I guess is what we're trying to put on it um but that 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 would be another aspect to show to the people you know people are always asking these questions we've got this big movement that's wondering uh you know certain things that that my case and my life and my family situation um and history address and actually prove and you know I thought that you know, again, yes, of course, like I, I came out and I had to go on alt media because of the name that I have and because of who my father is. And I've never been political in my life. I think this will be the first election. I will act, not think I know it's the first election I'll actually vote in in my life uh, for if I do for a reason, you know, and and I was never political. This I'm, I'm very much a humanitarian. And so, you know, as far as Look, I guess I'm, I'm skirting around what you said originally is the, the trolls and the attacks online and everything. I think people don't realize that I grew up in media. You know, my father was on the cover of the globe. Uh, you hear about, you know, you go back and forth on something comes out about, you know, another celebrity and whether it's true or not. And you hear some of the inside stuff if, you know, my father knew about it or something like that. But otherwise, I'm used to it. Like you... The thing is, is that, again, if you know the truth and you know what you've been through, then people are coming from themselves, right? You have to understand that everyone has a different condition within, right? Especially nowadays. And everyone is usually coming from themselves when they are in their knowledge and what they, their experiences and all of that, that lead them to their conclusions. And also we know that Again, what I hope that it would be proving, and especially with the reboot of America's Most Wanted, that, yeah, it's actually kind of wild because they come out in droves around certain times and it's paid or it's trolls or it's bots or all these cliche modern terms for the Internet. Um, but, you know, we, we it's actually kind of wild because you see how it's the same accounts or newer accounts with no followers or just joined or, uh, you know, participating in this defamation. The defamation is the same script that I'm mentally ill, that I'm a drug addict, you know, all these things that we know that we have, you know, we have the proof that is not true and, and by the grace of God is not um and also it's social media platforms so why would i put things out that um you know are, are legal issues and to be used in the future that that doesn't make sense so there's there's a lot to navigate but i just you know if people are just staying clean and people are coming out and telling their stories it's i just hope that people realize that you're not there to convince people of your story we're here to all be observing like i said and we're putting out what our experiences are and some people are going to be you know grifting some people are going to be but as long as you have an awareness of of the aspects then that's a great lesson to learn and it's something that we all need to moving in life especially after everything we've seen in the past years well said as always couldn't agree more okay 
let's get into that's not that they haven't said anything bad about you in the in any media either so no no just that i'm 42 you know stuff that is like (laughs) logistics that aren't accurate but again great point Lindsay. is you know we put Lindsay found last uh, this past week and we put up you know the the first you know, mainstream article with Megan Walsh in it in years. And, um, you know, saying that I was 42 and I had one child and I was in fashion and music and everything that is not correct. I haven't hit 42 yet. I have been out of fashion and music for, uh, what, like 10 years at least now. And I'm not that young, (laughs) but I'm not 42. No. Um, and you know, it's just, it just shows again, another thing we see gang stalkers, we see whatever trolls, all that. hope I'm proving that again. hope I'm showing people that MSM definitely makes up their own crap. Half the articles aren't even written by humans anymore, I guess at this point. Uh, and you know, that's just, that's just the world we're in. It's not really conspiratorial. It's just the internet and AI. It's not really that crazy. It's just and, annoying. Well, and the, my shirt like won't get straight. I guess I'm fixing <laughs> it the wrong way. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just the world we live in now, and there we are at such an opposition. You know, like we've been programmed in since the beginnings to, you know, oppose and be, you know against you know whether it's a political party whether it's a you know fast food chain whether it's a small business in your town whether it's race whether it's you know i I mean we've been programmed to do that and you know i i really hope that people this is going way off topic but i really hope that eventually we can come together and realize like okay let's address like what we do have in common which actually I watch both sides and, you know, liberals aren't exactly great on the elites. They have a different like approach, I guess, to it um, about being against them, but they aren't exactly for them. And, um, you know, there's different commonalities. I guess I'm just using that as an example that we can come together on. I mean, people are getting their kids taken uh, in the liberal community because they are allowing their children to be trans. Now, do I agree with that? No. But at this point, does that matter? No, it doesn't either, because that can be addressed under that umbrella of us coming Mm -hmm. together and protecting our children and not having uh, our children handled by the government. I mean, that fundamental alone to allow children to be raised by the state, which we are at, you guys, that's not some future thing. We are at it. My baby is being raised by the state since she was five days old. And there's children being medically kidnapped across this country through hospitals that Mm -hmm. receive, you know, uh, you know, incentives and they receive a cut of that. Um, and so we have children that are being raised in, in, you know, by the state. And I, I think that we need to, again, just be, I don't want to go on tangents. So here I am again, cutting myself off, but I, I think that we need to really be groundedly looking at these things because they're not up in the air concepts like they were a couple years ago where people were just finding out, or even people like myself and all of us here, we're starting to navigate uh, deeper aspects of maybe things we were involved in or interested in, or ever finding out things that provoked us to get involved with something. So, um, you know, I think we just, we, we owe ourselves 
to really be able to, uh, you know, ground these and talk about these things because we do have the research. We have the the fun title for, you know, we have ASPA, we have the things within that realm uh, and across the board when it goes into like, you know, criminal justice system and police and our government and, you know, out from those issues. We actually have done a lot of hard work, a lot of us across the country. Amen. Well, what do you say we look at the man, the myth, the legend? And I use that as a question mark because um, <laughs> we got John Wallace on the cover of this magazine back in the day, and it says Tears of Rage. Now, Megan, I want to get your opinion because a magazine, a, a cover like this, conveys a message. And what was the message from this magazine to the populace? Well, this was one of his best-selling books, actually. And, oh, books, um, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I actually remember the summer we were living in Owasco, uh, upstate New York, before we had gotten our, before they moved to the wealthier lake over Skinny Atlas. Um, but when we were, we were living on, excuse me, Owasco Lake, we had a ghostwriter actually come uh, and you know, live with us essentially, not like sleeping there, but there every day, all day um, to interview us and follow my dad around and everything to write these books. Um, also noted was the amount of, ironically, I remember, oddly, I remember, you know, my dad always talking about the amount of liability and insurance that they had to get before putting these books out because he was exposing so many people and naming so many people. So I find that interesting, especially if it's a cover story. Um, there's that. <laughs> Look, I already said it. <laughs> you did. Okay. So we, we kind of went over this, what, two weeks ago, I think it was with your dad. And it says, John, John E. Walsh has been named Senior Vice President, Sales Marketing, and Partner of Hotel Management Associates Limited, which will manage the 360-room, $26 million Paradise Grand Hotel scheduled to open early 1982 on Paradise Island. Now, your brother Adam went missing in 1981. Um, so I, I'm not sure exactly when this article was written. I'm assuming probably 1980, 79, somewhere around there, if I had to guess. But we did discuss his connections with the Bahamas. Oh, we got switched around. What happened there? <laughs> Something happened. Anyway, we'll fix that. Um, so, Megan, you want to touch on that again, his, the connections with the Bahamas and what was going on in the Bahamas at that time in the early 80s, late 70s? Yeah, absolutely. So if we start in South Florida, Miami, during that time, we know again that that was big cartel time. We know it was Griselda Blanco. Uh, we know Colombia was involved. We've got Iran-Contra, you know, shortly after with Reagan. Um, so just setting that tone or reminding people very loosely what was going on historically um, in that time in South Florida, right? Cocaine Cowboys. Um, it was wild out, wasn't it? It was rampant with cocaine and, um, you know, different trafficking. So, um, and cartels. So then we take, uh, you know, South Florida, and then we look at the Diplomat Hotel, which is the first place that John Walsh worked. Uh, and his uh, boss, uh, boss, uh, John Monahan, 
and Bill Collins or bosses, I guess I should say, but more so uh, John Monahan, who really took my father, who had an estranged, a, a, an okay relationship, but you know, with his father, with his own father, but still there was tension there, right? And and self worth, there were worth issues, worthy issues there. So when he, because of lifestyle, again, my father before Adam and my mother met when they were 16 and 22 and uh, they went to Woodstock. They, you know, were very much, my dad was anti-Nixon, you know, and, and talks about their drug use and experimentation uh, and things like that, which is a very different view than uh, what the public has been given. So not only so not only the hotel, and I'll, I'll get back to that, but I want to remind people of that original um, origin and lifestyle and interests and all of that. So then going back to the Diplomat Hotel, we have John Walsh coming down there, originally starring as a cabana boy, uh, and then saving the owner's son in this amazing story and getting promoted up to executive uh, positions. Then uh, they mutually all decided that he was going to uh, go to the Bahamas. And uh, we have John Walsh on the out island board of, uh, in the Bahamas at that time leading up to Adam. Uh, and also, like we just reviewed, working on a hotel development, which he talks about very proudly, uh, you know, which is another interesting thing, how the masses see because the media put it out the emotional and psychological manipulation was about this all-American family when my father himself has told everyone in plain sight, you know, that he was part of the hotel business and he was not a low. He was, you know, making huge multi-million dollar deals when this occurred. Um, and with the Bahamas, which we then later see Hank Asher coming in with the, you know, being the data guy for America and creating this data collection and, and um, police state type thing and, and data on our children from the Bahamas. We've got clonade in the Bahamas with cloning. That is not a conspiracy theory. Whether you believe in that or not is a different thing than whether it actually exists or not. It's not a theory, um, which the first baby clone Eve was actually born on my father's birthday, which is the day after Christmas, ironically, for um for those that know about, again, whether you believe or not does not matter, it still exists in cult, occult rituals and, uh, and things of that nature. So it makes it interesting. Um, and, and then we have uh, knowing where he was doing these, uh, these or this deal and these dealings uh, being Paradise Island, right? So now we've got a connection, South Florida, cartels, hotel business. What do, what have we all learned now? We know the hotel business is, you know, the number, one of the number one vendors or facilitators of human trafficking. You can ask my buddy, Ron DeSantis himself, uh, but he declared it, although he's done nothing but aid my father. Um, but we'll get into that next episode with the Bush connections and, and everything else. Just a little, little tidbit there. Uh, but, you know, hotels being the main, you know, a main source of human trafficking and then it being Paradise Island, which when you look into the history of Paradise Island, you see Resorts International, obviously with Trump uh, later on and in Atlantis and different things. But originally it being Meyer Lansky and CIA. 
Um, and then, of course, we see my father later back in America, you know, creating the National Center for Missing Exploited Children with Ernie Allen, who has gone on to create the International Center for Missing Exploited Children, which is uh, was co-founded and funded by Richard Branson, again, going back to the Bahamas now, uh, and his Necker Island and his affiliations with Nexium Sex Cult, as well as also being a founding donor to Terramar, which is Ghislaine Maxwell's. Uh, sovereign water project, you know, while he is, you know, also tied to an international children's uh, authority organization, NGO, all of that very much under the World Economic Forum, uh, also supported and co-founded with Hillary Clinton, Tony Blair's wife, um, you know, we see these same players. This is not like a big, you know, we can say what's the Epstein list, who are the clients, all of that. Well, first of all, Ghislaine Maxwell was not the only procurer. There are many procurers. So if we really want to get on that level and know, then we need to demand the names of the other procurers and start indicting them uh, so that, you know, they start you know, revealing other information. And actually, that's a great idea that I got from, uh, and excuse me, his, his name is leaving me right now. I'm very tired, guys. It's, it's been a while, a couple of weeks. Um, but he uh, actually wrote, he's on uh, he's on X, and he did write uh, and do a lot of research and, and investigative work into um, the Franklin scandal. I'll all updated. I apologize. And I give my respect to him. Maybe people in the chat or they're watching. I'm the same him. way. I, I, I can picture his, him, his face. Yeah. In my, in my yeah. Head. I can't think of the he's name a, either. Yeah. And he's amazing. I actually reached out to him a couple weeks ago. So maybe we'll hear something back and can tie some more together, especially with the finders, Colt and Franklin and that kind of an ideology, right. Or, um, you know, an approach. Uh, so Anyways, uh, back to, you know, again, we have Paradise Island, we've got CIA connections, we later see my father not only working with Branson, like I said, and all of that, we see uh, him on my brother's anniversary in the Rose Garden, where I was present that day, uh, signing bills with, you know, George Bush. And, uh, you know, growing up, my father was always at work in Texas. You know, our first dog's name was Houston because my dad was there doing work. Um, and, you know, we see my father, best friends in Vero Beach or Indian River County with Peter Bush, who is the heir to Anheuser Bush. Um, and so, and we have to understand that these are, you know, if we're going into uh, genealogy and different things, you know, they're all derivatives of the same family. So, um, but again, the, the presidential Bushes having connections to CIA, which are well documented and established, which will be going, you know, Lindsay will be going into great detail next week um, about that. But that's the point that we're at in my little spiel here. Um, and then uh, and then seeing people like Joe Matthews originally come back, who was the original polygrapher and ordering people to be hypnotized. Uh, and clearing my parents and James Campbell within like, you know, weeks of the disappearance or, or you know, very, very quickly, uh, you know, after this happened, if you will. 
uh, and him coming back to then declare that Otis Toole uh, is the killer to close the case. So it's not a cold case. It's not an open case. So it's technically a closed case, which then gave the public, like Gino said in the beginning, the idea that, you know, this was this wasn't controversial, right? Um, but if you are focused around this case and especially involved in it, it has been extremely extremely controversial, um, especially once we go back and look at the all of the records and police files, which for those who are just joining us are all available for free on justiceforadam.com. Again, that's justiceforadam.com. That's at the uh, courtesy and hard work of Willis Morgan. Uh, so we want to give a shout out to him. Uh, and, and then we, you know, we have Joe Matthews coming back and, and declaring Otis Toole the killer to close the case. Um, and, uh, with the Hollywood police department who we know was, uh, on a barter relationship with that original boss, John Monahan. So of course they would like the case closed as well. Um, mm -hmm. but then Joe Matthews profiting greatly, you know, after this, uh, convicting a dead man, Otis Tool, who then we know was connected as a lover to Henry Lee Lucas, who is known to be pardoned by Bush at the last minute when Bush was known to never pardon anyone, even some old grandmother, you know, in jail for pot or something, he wouldn't, uh, you know, pardon, but then weeks before the execution, he pardons Henry Lee Lucas, who's then confessing to, we have a confession killer on Netflix for those who aren't aware or want something mainstream. Uh, you know, we have that as well with Henry Lee Lucas knowing, you know, we all know well that he was confessing to things for incentives, which then Otis Tool saw how that was happening, wanted, blatantly told the public he wanted to get to Texas to be with Henry and confesses to Adam's murder, which he recants many, many times and comes back. He's taken out to show the scenes and everything. But before he's taken out, he's taken into a back room and separated from his transporters by the Hollywood Police Department, uh, which was located across the street from the Sears department store where Adam originally went missing. Uh, and then we have, uh, you know, moving forward, obviously we can skip back a little bit to America's Most Wanted, the creation of that. I missed that when I was talking about the National Center, but that created by Rupert Murdoch and uh, some other players that we'll get into in the future through uh, Fox, uh, the Fox network. Um, and that really being what saved a fledgling network in America and was a big uh, priority for uh Rupert Murdoch uh, within, you know, programming, literal programming uh, and fear mongering. And that's where we're at to question these things like serial killers. Uh, what is a fall guy? You know, who was again, Otis Tool and Henry blatantly told the public that they were chosen to be the ugly faces uh, to the public through the media to cover and distract uh, the public from the deeper agencies that were actually behind these things. And then, you know, I'm going to bring it full circle like I try to do, but that leads us from where actually I didn't start, but does bring us back to the original uh, Finders cult uh, where we have the Franklin scandal. We have McMartin preschool case. We have Boys Town um, going on around that time. And the Finders, again, through the D-class proven and stated and, uh, you know, admitted that it was originally a CIA operation that was, uh, you know, 
was taking kids basically for their their alternative lifestyle and raising them as a village, you know, with the weaning the children from the mothers and different things that now we fast forward and through Hillary and Margaret Sanger, Dr. Kinsey, you know, a lot of history here, but it, they've been working at this for a while um, that we see now through the National Center as the network that, you know, potentially the finders were trying to establish. We see the shell organizations that the National Center has been the prototype for since, as well as the faces of those organizations, mostly celebrity, if you will, showing government and Hollywood uh, connections and ties um, that are put out to then, you know, groom the public, for lack of a better term, on not questioning, you know, what's going on and giving full authority over to because it's a children's issue because these are, you know, celebrities and figures and and things within our our culture. So, um, and that's where we are seeing the effects today. And my case was CPS and people that are coming out, not only advocating, but coming out about stuff and seeing how the system is being weaponized, how these people like myself are, um, you know, it is lawfare within the courts. Uh, there's retaliation, you are defamed and slandered. Uh, and that's also what's happening to families within uh, you know, the CPS and family court corruption across our country. So this is not just about me, but hopefully I gave a, a good quick run through off the cuff of, uh, you know, summing that up for you, Gina, and for our audience. Yes, thank you very much. And it is amazing how one case or a couple cases back in the late 70s, early 80s could open up this door to Pandora's box. Like it's just absolute nightmare what has happened to families in this nation because of this and that's what i think a lot of people maybe don't see is that adam's case really did open the door systematically as it, as we go through the years through laws and you know the, the national center's creation all these other organizations that have come together and collaborated to interfere with a, with american families lives and uh and I use interfere. I mean, that's a kind way of saying it. I mean, they're really intruding into our lives and stealing from us uh, our own property, God-given property. And it's a sick thing that's been going on. And that's why it's so important to re-examine this, to look at, at Adam's case and say, well, wait a minute, is this really what happened or isn't it? Because if it isn't, then why were we lied to in the first place? What were the what were the motives? I mean, isn't that what... The trajectory the good... that that achieved. Yeah, isn't that what a good investigator is going to do? He's going to look at motives. He's going to say, well, why did why did they do this in any crime? I mean, that's what you're trying to find and out. Timelines. And timelines, yeah. Exactly, exactly. All right, well, Megan, I want to get into uh, an article here about your dad. That um, Now, these aren't exactly hit pieces. I mean, they're not the friendliest articles to your dad, but I mean, they're kind of just going over facts and saying, okay, well, this is you know another point of view of what, may have happened uh, when we've looked at the evidence. And so this is called, uh, this was from uh, Grunge, The Untold Truth of John Walsh. You want to go ahead and read, Megan? Yeah, sure. Uh, in July 1981, John Edward Walsh Jr. owned uh, and operated a successful business building luxury hotels. He, uh, his wife, Reve, and his six-year-old son, Adam, were living in Hollywood, Florida, and he was working on what he referred to as his quote-unquote dream project. 
As reported by the New York Post in 2000, Walsh was in the midst of building the $26 million Paradise Brand Hotel on Paradise Island. So this isn't a small project uh, in the Bahamas. However, before the end of the month, however, before the end of the month, tragedy would strike. Walsh would ultimately walk away from his lucrative career and he and his wife would be forever changed. In the early afternoon hours of July 27th, 1981, Rave took Adam to the Hollywood Mall for a shopping trip. While they were inside the Sears department store, Adam asked to watch some older boys who were playing video games in the store's toy department. History reports Rave remained in the store, but was shopping in a different department while Adam watched the other boys. Rave said she returned to the toy department after approximately 10 minutes, proven through the courts it was over 90. Unfortunately, or that she was looking and, and didn't uh, contact anyone or anything like that for 90 minutes. Unfortunately, Adam and the other boys were gone. A security guard confirmed he asked the older boys. It was actually a she. So there you go. The uh, It was a female. Asked the older boys who actually, and I hate, I know people hate when I interject, but that's what we're here for, uh, is my inside information as well. Uh, it says a security guard confirmed that he asked. So this security guard was also around 17 years old. It was a female. Uh, the head of security department, the kiosk, was actually in the toy department in Sears uh, for the Sears department store itself, was in the toy department. And the head of security, through records we know and documents, uh, that the head of security that day actually told this girl to leave the store uh, after, uh, you know, a certain amount of time at some point, excuse me, uh, to leave the store and go home and that she to change her outfit or uniform to the auto department uniform and that she needed to come back and work the rest of the day in the auto department. Uh, also, uh, it's said and claimed by my parents that and, and through the records that she had had an abortion the day before. And so she was distraught. I mean, I don't, I, I can't imagine having an abortion the day before and at 17 and going to work um, and then leaving and changing your uniform and coming back. So, um, and I'm not discrediting the security guard or, or any of that, but people can be caught up in situations that they don't even know about perhaps, right? Um, so I just wanted to add those details, take it or leave it. Uh, asked the older boys to leave the store as they were being disruptive. According to history, the security guard believed Adam followed the other boys out of the store. However, he seemingly vanished as soon as he walked out the door. Uh, and we've reviewed through this. I mean, was Adam ever even there that day, to be honest? No one has actually confirmed seeing Adam. Everyone that was asked with a photo of Adam did not recognize him, except for the couple, I think, after they were hypnotized. So, um, and the stories keep changing. Uh, two weeks later, uh, Adam's partial remains were discovered in a drainage canal nearly 100 miles away from the shopping mall. John Walsh gave up his career to advocate for missing and exploited children. Um, 
More than two years after Adam Walsh was abducted and killed, convicted serial killer Otis Toole, who was imprisoned, again, already imprisoned, already compromised, uh, had nothing to lose, but all to gain, on an unrelated crime, confessed to killing the five-year-old, does that say six-year-old, sorry, my screen, uh, six-year-old boy, I thought they had that wrong too, as reported by ABC News, Toole was a proven killer. However, he also had a history of confessing to crimes he did not commit. Uh, during his confession to Adam's murder, Tool led authorities to a location where he claimed to have buried the boy's body. Again, I already said just a second ago how he was separated and appeared to be given information uh, by the Hollywood police on what to say and, and where to guide them. He got things wrong and, again, recanted several times. Unfortunately, an extensive search of the location did not lead to the discovery of Adam's remains and any other new evidence in the case. Although Tool, which wait, didn't they say when my parents were trying to keep the case closed, but my dad just said how hard they, on America's Most Wanted Reboot, how hard they work to get the case files and get everything out. But we have them working very hard and saying that they even came up with new suspects after all mm -hmm. these years, right? So, uh, okay. Yeah, they all were right. fighting to suppress it. They were keeping the evidence hidden because they said that would that might hinder future investigations by hiding the evidence and keeping it suppressed. I don't know how that would... What hinders an investigation is when evidence is hidden and, and right, witness yeah. reports. And, and, and when you're you know, saying... So, yeah, go ahead, sorry. When you're saying things like the machete he found was mishandled, so it can't be used as evidence. We lost an entire car. We lost carpet samples, you know, that could be DNA tested now at this point, you know, all of this. Uh, all of it that. just leads more and more to implantation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and directing a narrative which then mm -hmm. John, joe matthews comes in we know his background we study who he is we look at his up you know his education his uh you know career leading up to getting involved in my brother's case and he was already teaching other departments and doing things uh in terms of specializing in non-verbal interrogation techniques and then he's you know, bragging about interrogating my dad and ordering all this hypnosis. And again, you know, having, then they have these psychics come. I mean, there were like two psychics at least that, you know, came in and, and tried to help with finding Adam. One of them being the grandmother of the, the Patriot uh, gospel singer, Jimmy Levy. Uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting. That was a side note, guys. Sorry. But, um, hey, Lindsay, you might need to mute. Oh, okay. Uh, okay, so, and everyone can keep reading if you want on the screen, but anyways. Uh, although Tool later recanted his confession, ABC News reports authorities determined they had enough circumstantial evidence to reasonably conclude Tool was Walsh's killer. So, again, if John Walsh is going and they just all want to close the case, just like they were doing with Henry Lee Lucas, the police were involved and they just wanted to close cases. So John Monahan, we've gone over on this show, was you know shown to be this cleanup guy. Uh, and then we've got John Walsh coming in, working with Joe Matthews and the Hollywood police to, you know, close. We just want to close this case. We want to close the case, guys. 
Um, so circumstantial evidence. Joe Matthews says he interviewed all these people. When you actually look at him, he interviewed like Otis Tool's cellmates. Okay, like we know we know where that goes. Um, okay. Uh, it says, I'll, I'll just reread a second. Although Tool later recanted his confession, ABC reports authorities determined they had enough circumstantial evidence to reasonably conclude Tool was Walsh's killer. The case was formally closed in 2008, more than 27 years after the six-year-old boy vanished. Uh, following, I, I think, and I would love for the public to call for a reopening of Adam's case going to put that out there. Um, following his son's abduction and death, John Walsh left his career and never returned. In the midst of the search for his son, in the decades-long search for his son's killer, Walsh realized there was no national system in place to track missing children in the United States and a distinct lack of resources for parents of missing children. Now, was that because society was so dumb and we had never come up with this stuff? Or is it because maybe it's not as big of an issue or as prevalent, uh, you know, to create something like that at the time and maybe even still? Um, in the years following their son's death, John and Rave Walsh led an effort to establish the Missing Children's Act of 1982. Uh, and then Reagan signed in and established the National Center for Missing Exploited Children through Congress, created by Congress and uh, overseen that was Senator Byrd, as we've discussed several times. The Missing Children's Assistance Act of 1984 and the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So within... 82, Adam goes missing, 81, 82, 84, and then there, and 83 was the National Center. So in those three years following, there's all of this huge, uh, you know, all these huge achievements afterwards, I guess, if you will, before he starts America's Most Wanted in 87. Oh, sorry, I didn't read the caption. Is that what you were waiting for, Gina? Sorry, that was my... <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Wait for the reboot, guys. Uh, John <laughs> Walsh hosted 771 episodes of America's Most Wanted. Although he had very little acting experience, John Walsh's advocacy for missing and exploited children and their families inspired the Fox Network to create a television series, which he would host. That's not true. The show already existed called Crime Watch UK in the UK, and it was a copycat under Rupert Murdoch to put in and instill fear in America and start the notion of Big Brother through you can make a difference, call and report. My father's promoting the same thing right now. Uh, also with Ashley Moody, the AG of Florida, with their uh, Crime Stoppers. So I also, I guess I'll take the time to say that anyone, according to John Walsh, can call Crime Stoppers. I'm putting out a message to people. Anyone can call Crime Stoppers and report a crime, even a suspected crime. And you might actually get cash. So, um, hey, it doesn't say who that crime has to be about or involving, right? Okay, I digress. There's my other one. Uh, Okay, although he had very little acting experience, John Walsh's advocacy for missing exploited children and their families inspired the Fox Network to create a television series, which he would host, titled America's Most Wanted. 
using recreations and actual footage. America's Most Wanted featured unsolved cases and the fugitives who were suspected of committing those crimes. As reported by IMDb, because they're all registered under IMDb, guys, as actors, America's Most Wanted consisted of 771 episodes, which aired between 1988 and, and 2013. According to a report last year in Variety, America's Most Wanted is responsible for the capture of nearly 1,200 fugitives in, what, 20-some-plus years? That's it. Uh, no, like, so many, Lindy. Come on. Can it be? <laughs> yeah, well, that and that goes back to the notions. Like people even think about this, and then they're taking like they're alleging that they're covering the worst crimes and these unique horrific crimes, but then presenting it to the public <laughs> weekly. Like this is like this. There's this plethora. It's just nonstop, you know. Well, let's not forget. That, that America's Most Wanted was endorsed by the FBI. So, I mean, we have that comfort. Thank God. Yes. We, well, thank God. Yes. It, America's Most Wanted was... Oh, we might need to play that clip again, Gina. <laughs> yeah, I think we will after this article. <laughs> so. Good. Please do. Okay, then I'll keep reading. Yeah. Uh, during an interview with the South Florida Sun Centennial, Walsh admitted he never planned to become a tele uh, the host of a television series. However, as he became more involved in advocating for missing and exploited children and their families, it turned into a full-time job. Although he agreed it could be stressful, Walsh said he is thankful to be in a position to help those who, quote-unquote, have such little voice or recourse to do anything. In addition to America's Most Wanted, IMDb reports Walsh has also appeared in and produced, quote unquote, In Pursuit with John Walsh, America's Most Wanted, America Fights Back, and The Hunt with John Walsh. He actually also had a show called Manhunter, which was the international version of the show. So it was called Manhunter. Um, he also, he was also credited as an actor in several television series, including The Waltons and Simon and Simon. Walsh has also worked uh, as a consultant and has appeared on numerous television and radio shows discussing missing and exploited children and other types of crime. John Walsh admitted he made mistakes with his own family while advocating for others. Free dental implants, guys, hello. Okay. Sorry, I'm quirky. Take it or leave it. <laughs> okay, I, I did. I didn't go through the news media programming. Uh, following Adam's death, John and Ravey Walsh had three more children: Megan, Callahan, and Hayden. They are currently living in Washington D.C. Never lived in Washington D.C. in my life. Although marriages, but when I was growing up, we used to tell everyone that we lived in Washington D.C. Uh, that was one of the programs. Our alias was O'Brien on caller ID and bills and everything. Um, although marriage often marriages, al although excuse me, although marriages often crumble under immense pressure and especially the loss of a child, John Walsh and his wife, Reve celebrated their 50th anniversary in 2021. That oh. was after the 10-year divorce proceeding with restraining orders against my father and the Globe cover of his sex addiction, 
and the alcoholism and the pills and uh, yes. Okay. And, and it was really wild because there was a 10 year divorce proceeding. Suddenly it was announced that John and Rebe Walsh were reconciled and staying together. But then my father on the porch would always, you know, get upset and say, what am I going to do, Megan? I'm old and we don't have a prenup and she'll take everything that I have. I don't think your mother will ever be able to be happy. Haven't you learned? Just say okay and do what you want. Those are three literal quotes of my upbringing from John Walsh. The Walsh, and I was like, oh, really? That's, that's what you do? The Walsh's marriage has been tested by the strains of being in the public spotlight and allegations of infidelity. However, things got particularly heated in July 2000 when Reve filed for divorce. According to Meow, or Meow, there's no O. How do you do the A? Meow? Meow, maybe? Meow. Uh, the couple reconciled and the divorce case was dismissed. Like I said, sorry, guys. They agreed to seek therapy and renew their focus on making their marriage work. It's never happened. Walsh's advocacy admittedly took a lot of time away from his own family, and he has expressed re regret about that and the dangerous nature of his work, which has required him to have armed bodyguards and heightened security at his home. <laughs> Sorry, I'm stopping for a second because literally I was raised in this and like fear mongered that I had to have bodyguards and aliases and cameras and all this stuff when like the cameras aren't hooked up. The bodyguards are more mob guys than they were bodyguards. Like literally John Reed and Ron Antochi were my dad's first guys like from New York, you know, the freaking mobsters with the guns on their ankles and legs and strapped wherever following us, you know, following me in the bathroom. And it's like, all right. Uh, during, a, but then you asked, like, did we really need security or was this like, you know, did my dad never really see himself as a TV host because of the affiliations that he had leading up? Uh, we see my brother has been installed now into the new reboot and into the National Center. He was originally in the music industry. That's another time and place. But we literally have watched him be installed and media trained and all of it now on this reboot. He even looks different physically. And uh, why wouldn't that be the case for John Walsh, right? Is that a possibility? I'm not saying that it is. I'm saying, is that a possibility that John Walsh, with his history, his connections, and the work that he was doing before, could he have potentially been installed? All right. Uh, it says, uh, Walsh was asked to describe his perfect day. He replied, to, to go to the Rose Garden with my family and to have all my kids there, that would be wonderful. Because, you know, I spent a lot of time away from my kids and I've acted up terribly in my life. People, I mean, he, these people are literally telling you, I don't know how to tell people that there is something between public persona and private lives, like, and behind closed doors. And what my father's doing to me and my children is Darvo. It's domestic violence. I went no contact. I called out the abuse and the narcissism and protected me and my children. And he reacted by the book for abusers, um, which he has a track record of doing. 
John Walsh's close friend accused him of using drugs. What about Reve? Although we've already done that on the show, right guys? Go back to the James Campbell uh, episodes. Although he has done a great deal of good in the aftermath of a horrendous personal tragedy, John Walsh is no stranger to controversy. In the years following his son's abduction and murder, Walsh has been accused of drug use, infidelity, and making a number of controversial public statements. As well as we also didn't we show the clip of him saying this has nothing to do with cartels or drugs and why would anyone say that it had any mob mm-hmm. ties? Didn't we didn't we do that yeah. one already? Yeah. That was the just, one where he was like righteously indign- indignant. Remember he was just like I don't yes. know, it was like this moral, you know, playing that victim card, like, why would anybody ever accuse me of such a thing? The chest grabbing. Chest grabbing, yes. But all the criminals that are wanted, uh, half of them are Hispanic. There's that, right? Um, okay, so back to this. Uh, as report, oh, okay, wait, sorry. Uh, Oh, as reported by Meow, the Walshes filed a civil lawsuit against Sears as their son was abducted from one of the company's stores, which also Sears Roebuck is known and and has, you know, alleged or whatever about trafficking and catalogs and already be involved in trafficking. Uh, during the early stages of the case, Adam's godfather at 19, uh, Jim or James Campbell, who was a close friend of the family, accused the Walshes of drug use. He wasn't just a close friend. He was my mother's significantly younger live-in lover, who my father met at the age of 12 or 13 by the pool, and who was named uh, godfather of Adam at age 19, and then started sleeping with my mother, and then was asked or allowed to move into the home, who where he himself quotes, yes, about the drug use, about the infidelity, uh, but also about how my he was a do boy and a house boy and a lover to my mother, and that's why he didn't take Adam that morning because he wanted to teach her a lesson because she was all about the gym and she was all about this is my mother, he's not wrong, uh, all about you know her own stuff, in other words. And uh, and he was trying to teach her a lesson that she couldn't just pawn Adam off on people, especially him. And he was he moved out weeks before Adam goes missing, saying that it was my father's idea and uh, that he was going to go out and get on his own and he needed to. When we've also found things indicating that really that was my mom and him talking about he needed to go out and get established so potentially she could leave my father and go be with him. Um, but she was worried about Adam and, you know, was thinking about whether she should wait or not until he's older. In a deposition, uh, Campbell said, uh, John and Reve routinely used cocaine and marijuana. Their family also say that, and many of their friends also do the same. It's all the same group that they have, kind of like a cult over all these years. Uh, he also revealed that he and Reve were having an affair. The lawsuit against Sears was dismissed, which my father was also sleeping with anything with legs. So is this an open relationship? Are they all sleeping together? What What's the truth of this if we actually be people in this and think about it. The lawsuit against Sears was dismissed in an effort to conceal the 
tawdry details. However, Campbell's deposition was eventually made public. And my father also eventually paid for his lawyer, didn't he? Just like my father paid for the father that's doing the, that helped to start this, doing this to us. He's paying for, he paid for his yeah. lawyer too, what we've and, seen. And Megan, I think it's important at this point to point this out. Okay, so there, he's being accused of cocaine and marijuana, both your parents, um, this swinger lifestyle, parties at the house, all these things going on with a young child around, six-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. And they're having these, you know, illicit affairs and all this stuff going on right right in front of this poor kid's face and yet you who were raising your four children on a farm organically christian uh schooling at home homeschooling all that stuff they swoop in and tell you you're the worst person on earth basically Uh, right accusing you of some of the most um, heinous allegations they accuse me of drug use like we see here they accuse me of uh allowing what was the quote? Allowing my paramour to sleep in bed with my children, which when we look at the records, we see James Campbell right here admitting that or talking about like it's normal that Adam would sleep with him. That's my mother's paramour. OK, so, yes, like you're saying, we see what they're trying to say about me is literally the what would be their case if at like 42 years ago. Am I saying that right? Um, you know, and also the postpartum and the mental illness, that is my mother. They are literally like, am I my parents fall guy, basically, uh, when I start questioning things. So, uh, the, uh, Walsh has also been criticized for advising parents to avoid using male babysitters. He was a big paid opposition to start demonizing men. In 2007, the Wall Street Journal reports Walsh suggested males were more likely to molest or otherwise violate young children and therefore should not be in charge of their care. Walsh responded to, that was also a push to get men out of the house and all of that at that time, uh, and an extension of it, excuse me. Uh, Walsh has also, no, sorry, you moved it up. Sorry, guys. Walsh, Uh, Walsh responded. Walsh responded to the criticism by clarifying, it's not a witch hunt. That's a line we hear a lot. I've had a witch hunt. There it is. Doesn't Trump say that all the time? Or, you know, that's what the rumors are around. Trump and I have been in witch hunts for like ever. He explained, and I'm not associating myself with Trump, by the way, through that. Okay. All right. Moving on. He explained that in his opinion, uh, it's all about minimizing risks. Uh, who's more likely it's all about minimizing risk. So this is a setting up like predictive policing minority report. Uh, we're minimizing risk, this agenda, collect the data, see people's lifestyles, target them in the public because we're minimizing risks. Who's more likely to molest a child, a male? Critics argue that the assumption that men present an inherent risk to children is sexist and harmful to relationships. Well, I don't care about either of those reasons. That's pretty lame. But we do know that, you know, men and women molest children. We know that they partake. And that's that's a very interesting thing to sway. And now he's part of the father's rights movement and promoting fathers and abusers who are abusing their children and paying for them to take children and helping them. 
All right, as the world turns. John Walsh has been accused of skewing facts to incite fear. My whole life. Boom. <laughs> Imagine living with him. All right, John Walsh is, and actually I have to say, I have to say my father was definitely more one of the, the lighter of the two. My mother was definitely more vindictive. They were both abusers, but my father, at least, you know, I have great times. And I mean, I don't have bad times with my mom, but anyways, it's, I don't mean to sound like he was just this monster crazy because I want to honor them. And, and he did uh, have good points, which makes this even more heartbreaking and why we have to look deeper into, you know, was this something he was installed in? Is this something that maybe he got too deep in? You know, people want to say sacrifice or they want to say one end or the other in black and white. And I don't think that that is realistic. And I don't think that that's grounded. We have to look at this as, you know, what were they involved in? Who were their connections? Was there some, you know, like this hotel and then the timing of it, and maybe they got in too deep on something, or maybe he owed money on something, which has been a local rumor uh, since the day it happened in the area and, and things like that. So I want to say that. Uh, John Walsh has also been criticized for overstating the prevalence of crimes against children and therefore unnecessarily perpetuating fear and panic. According to Sold Short, Walsh estimated around 50,000 children are abducted by strangers in the United States every year. However, the actual number is closer to 100. And this is very real. Like the, the over-exaggeration, we have to understand that statistics and numbers equal funding. That means money. And it also equals control. And yes, through fear and saying that strangers... Again, this is the stranger danger. This is the start to the stranger danger promotion. So we're going from the demonizing, you know, men and all that, getting them out of the home. Now saying, you know, there's all these children that are abducted by strangers by when in reality, we know that most of the trafficking or things that happen, you know, missing, which is trafficking most of the time, um, or, you know, uh, murders or things like that. Uh, most often, as my own father himself quotes, it's most often and most likely uh, a family member or someone connected to the family, which actually this whole, you know, sex offender registry and the pedophiles, we have to, you know, kill them and da, da, da. Well, the reality is, is that most sex offender or most, uh, excuse me, most pedophiles are non um, uh, what do they call it? Non-perpetrating. Like they don't act on their, uh, their thoughts. And inhibitions. Their yeah. Yes. Inhibitions, which is not defending them whatsoever, but we have to stop this. Like we can't be so cheap. We have to get a little deeper, a little more sophisticated for the real protection of our communities and what's and to solve an issue, right? That's affecting all of us, especially as it rises into prevalence through the father's rights movement, which is actually NAMBLA and national center through CPS kidnapping, through lowering of uh, ages of consent through the border. I mean, there's so many aspects that we need to care about this, but actually looking at the fact that when these numbers are so inflated, like the Epstein list, it makes us feel like we have to give our authority over, that we have to give our power over and let something bigger than us uh, actually, you know, control things or handle this, right? When actually 
that is creating more funding and more authority for them. And it's us handing our power over. And that's not some wild right wing conspiracy. This is a non-political issue. This is a humanitarian issue. And we have to look at the numbers. We have to look at the facts and how this is actually affecting our society and whether it is really protecting children or doing what it says it does, right? Especially when it's getting awarded so much of our, you know, heart and our time and our tax money and our views and all of it. So when we actually look at the sex offender registry, when we actually look at the another cover up. Exactly. I mean, he's, he's, he does the cover stories. What's a cover story? Like no one actually even thought of the, it's telling you like literally quote unquote cover. Um, so the, when we are saying like, we're seeing these numbers and then when we actually break it down, what I was saying is it makes us feel like it's bigger than us and we can't do anything about it. When actually we break it down and we see the reality of these issues is that most people that have these uh, this pedophilic disorder and these tendencies or thoughts and desires, it most of the time is coming from childhood trauma of sexual abuse or molestation. And then they become an abuser themselves. We're actually seeing it rampant in the foster care system because of the children that are being molested. And it's disgusting for people to laugh at that or say it's conspiracy theory or mock it because we know the facts. We have the victims, we have the children, and we're seeing how it's affecting society today. We're having children shoot each other, cut their genitals off. Not This is an identity crisis because we are breaking children. So I will digress, but we are seeing that when a pedophile, you know, pedophiles also are released into the public. They are having programs now, which is, you know, hold hold them indefinitely because we think that they're going to offend after they've served their time, after they've done their, uh, you know, penance and all of that, which the the rate of uh, recidivity or re reoffending is very, very low, um, actually. Again, I'm reporting facts and, and the statistics, the science that everyone wants, right? Versus the, you know, the uh, the projected stuff through a puppet that is going to benefit and and has people behind him that will benefit greatly. I hate to say, love my father, can't believe what he's done. Um, so we have to look a literal at literal puppet, a literal puppet. It, it's really sad. Like my dad's not a bad person. Like I, you know, in his, in his heart, we know, I mean, we're all children of God. So we know that none of us are bad in our heart and this is how it goes. And this is, it's devastating. It's, it literally is mind blowing. Even when I was looking into stuff and even when my children were taken, I would never have known the depths of this. And I think people need to realize that. Um, but again, and, and we keep going off the topic. I'm sorry, viewers, but or the point that I'm trying to make here is, is just a conversation basically about the fact that, you know, pedophiles are released back into the public. And what does that do? If we're shaming and we're doing that kind of a thing, then that actually increases their chances of reoffending or committing the desires and acting on that stuff because they feel shamed. They can't get the right help that they need. And and to talk about those things before they act on them or to talk about their childhood trauma being molested and their family told them that they needed to be quiet or it didn't happen to them because that's generationally what we've dealt with. Um, and then here we have John Walsh coming forward, uh, 
you know, uh, inflating figures for funding and authority and, and legislation and more power, but also, you know, through the stranger danger, the the men are evil and all these kind of things that we'll keep going on about is really hindering uh, not only the real protection of our children and our society, it appears, and, and is leading us to, but also prevention you know, prevention and, and healing of people that are predators. It was that, you know, there was a shift with Reagan and all of that and after from the rehabilitative approach to things in society to this overall lock them up and throw away the key. And we see that with CPS. Oh, parents get life sentences and children are who can't even speak and haven't done anything wrong are given life sentences from their own family and parents now uh, under the guise of help. So there's this big guise of help and chest grabbing. All right. I know that was a big diversion from the, from the article, guys, and I apologize about that, but these are very important things to put into perspective. And that's why you're here. You can go read any of these articles and look them up yourself, but you're here for this. So, um, so Megan, one think- more thing about this. One more thing. Which one's going to help the Nielsen ratings more? 50,000 children going missing every year or 100? Let's face it. I mean, now your dad had, you know, I, I think the latest stat I saw for America's Most Wanted, supposedly they rescued, is it 160 kids, I think it was, in the 20 whatever years, 25 years of, uh, well, this whole new reboot is all about the family. Don't forget. I mean, it's never. Yes. Yes. It's never been about that. But suddenly, this whole reboot is all about the family, and they're going to bring back these kids. Well, well, I guess my point is this: if there's fifty thousand kids going missing, according to your dad, and they're they've only rescued a hundred plus kids in twenty five years, that's some pretty dismal numbers, right? I mean, like, like we really need to look at that and go, "Wow, is America's Most Wanted really doing what it's supposed to be doing?" Like, well, again, it's inflating. It's making the public seem like it's bigger when, mm-hmm. and that you need exactly. federalization. You need privatization. Exactly. And we'll get into that next week with Bush is privatizing things. Florida DeSantis just removed the last overseen sheriffs of CPS and or DCF in Florida, making it privatized. Now there's no oversight. It is all completely private. Private adoption is how they're selling children, literally. Um, and that's not fantastical, that's reality. So don't shame the children being sold um, or the people telling you about it. But but yeah, I, I agree completely with you, Gino. And that's unfortunately what we're finding when myself included wanted to believe that it was otherwise. And I'm guilty. I mean, how did we get to this point? You know, I we're all guilty of it. I just it. wanted to throw out there that there's also privatized banks that are involved in all this as well. Corporations and banks, yeah. Yeah. And we'll we'll touch on that next week too. Yeah, we will. Yes, yes, and real estate. Okay. Um, okay, so uh, critics argue that the inflated numbers uh, not only frightened parents, it persuaded lawmakers to increase policing measures and enforce harsher punishments. Short, uh, sold short reports the increase in policing led to increased spending and mass incarceration, which has contributed to overcrowding in prisons. And the children's issue alone has grown five to six hundred percent since the initiative to stop it has started. Guys, five to six hundred percent it has grown since 
National Center. We, we just read, John Walsh said there was nothing else like it, right, in the country before. So we have to be asking or realizing that these numbers and issues are smaller than actually we're told, and they can be handled and need to be handled by the communities and locals. If a child goes missing, why would you call an organization that calls itself a clearinghouse, by the way, guys, a clearinghouse? If you look up a clearinghouse, that is a financial institution by definition. So what is that financial, like dealing like in children? All right, again, I digress. Um, Walsh has also, which we know also CPS is the pipeline to prison, speaking of mass overcrowding and mass incarceration. Uh, Walsh has also been criticized for promoting the Adam Walsh Protection and Safety Act as reported by the Crime Report. Several states have argued that the act is too confusing and simply too expensive to implement. The state of Texas for example, estimated it would cost around $39 million to enforce the Adam Walsh Protection and Safety Act, whereas the penalty for failing to enforce the guidelines would only cost $2 million. Sorry. Oh, it's okay. okay. I thought that, that was me not that was, reading a headline again. <laughs> that, was, that was all we wanted to read on that anyway. So uh, okay, I just wanted okay. to get to the character points. Let me get out of this. Yeah, my mouse is going crazier. It's kind of funny how uh, Texas brought all brought into this a lot, huh? The correlations between Florida and Texas uh, from yep. prior to going through and up to date, even now in current uh, news. Yep. Events. Oh yeah. I have to let the dog out real quick, guys. Talk. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Actually, so okay, so Lindsay, we're just talking about John's character, right? And this is the thing. He's had this squeaky clean public image for 40 years of, you know, and look, let's face it. If, if someone's kid actually was taken and murdered the way the story has been told, of course there would be sympathy and empathy from the American public and worldwide for that matter. I mean, we would look and say, Oh my gosh, this is a horrible, horrible thing. That's what I believed for most of my adult life. I remember watching yeah. America's Most Wanted as an 18-year-old. Me and my buddies would all get together. We'd get a case Me of too. beer. We'd hang out at my friend's house, watch America's Most Wanted. And the, we called it the Fox lineup. You had, uh, I don't know, Married with Children, The Simpsons, whatever. They were all on the same night, 21 Jump Street. And, and like, America's yep. Most Wanted was our favorite. Like, yeah, let's get these dirt bags off the street. Hopefully we'll see one and we'll call one in, you know, all this stuff. It, it kind of, like, uh -huh. created this, like, team team concept atmosphere where everybody wanted to be a part of it. Like, let's get these bad guys. Mm -hmm. These are terrible human beings. And that's great well, you, if you it was actually it. doing that. You, yeah. You, yeah. You just explained your the emotion part of it. it. It's exactly how he gets into, he got into people's emotions. And it's so hard when you, when a person is like that manipulative and they, it's hard to get out of it. And it's hard to not think of him as a bad guy because of that emotion aspect of getting into your brain and like getting into those the people those emotions because like it, like your emotion was uh you know you're mad you want to like you want to you know see if, if there's one on there that you see uh, that you can report that's getting into your emotions in that way and then it can get into emotions in the other ways too and yeah, that's literally totally how he did it 
It's emotionally driven for sure. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you pull at the heartstrings. That always and it makes works, me so right? mad. Yeah, and especially the American public is a very forgiving public and a very, you know, we want to help, I think, for the most part. We're a pretty family-driven society, or we used to be at least. And that, that all plays into this. And the whole fear thing, the fear porn, is what it was initiating. It was starting Stranger Danger, just like yeah. we covered last week and just a little bit of Propaganda. That yeah. Yeah. But I, I want to go yeah. back to this photo. We, we showed this, I think, maybe the first or second episode. But this is, like, I find this a very interesting shot of John Walsh. Like, this is, you know, maybe a year or two after I think Adam goes missing. I think that was, I think it was 83, this picture. Um, and you're like, well, wait a minute. Who's taking a picture from behind the camera? Like, it's almost like it's made, <laughs> like they're setting up the American I noticed public that his see, shirt like, was halfway open like that. It's yeah, I mean, never, I've never noticed yeah. that before. I don't know why. He always talks. He's like trying to show his chest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my god, he was a cabana just, boy. Well, I find it interesting. Like, who's taking the picture? Like this action shot. It's almost like it could be like a you know a card, a baseball card, or something. Where like he's going to autograph the picture and say, "This is well, you know, before I because got my it's big a, break." It's a picture of the camera guy. Like it's yeah. a camera guy, but then there's a photographer of the right. camera. Guy. Right. So now, is that a professional? Yeah. Picture, well, I or, was, yeah. Before we get too off, when I was laying the dog, I could hear you guys, and I want to say also that he—it's America's Most Wanted—really promoted vigilantism as well, underlying while John Walsh is telling you that he does not support vigilantes. So, just wanted to put that out there. Agreed. Uh, Tiny had a question. Megan, question for you: Were you? Were your parents, particularly your dad, actually involved in the investigation? I'm assuming with Adam. If so, in what effed up world does that happen? Isn't that a conflict of interest? Yes, he brags just like we have the history of his boss. And we've gone over that going in and, you know, identifying remains of plane crashes. How you do that, I have no idea. Um, and being, you know, showing up with a himself and a larger guy and all of this with his boss. And then we have the record showing and my father bragging about how I just had to go in. The police were botching this. That's another aspect. My dad came out after Adam's case against the Hollywood police yes. and saying that they botched this. That was really leading people towards federalized policing or federal aspects of things, taking it to that level because local sheriffs couldn't handle this kind of stuff, which is actually, as we've even shown a tidbit of here, is untrue. They were the ones actually asking, you know, what was going on? Why were you, you know, to James Campbell and asking the hard questions about, do you feel that this child was neglected and, you know, things like that. So, you know, again, it, it's a it's a big spirit of hypocrisy. I guess I'll just stop at that. Right now. It is uh, my good friend West of the West in the chat. The poor man is the poor man is lost. He said, "Did he not start it because he lost his son?" Yes, <laughs> West. That's, so if you go back uh, ten, our we've done ten episodes now. You can start right at the beginning and watch, and you'll see this whole show. West is about trying to figure out what happened to Adam. Is the narrative they've told us? For 42 years correct or is there ulterior motives that are leading to the things megan was you know talking about earlier like leading to cps abductions and you know kidnapping kids from hospitals and like all this crazy stuff that's going on and creating a fear especially in the american public but actually worldwide 
of, you know, any kid is susceptible to being taken at any moment. And, and it, it created this atmosphere of just moms. I mean, my mom was terrified. I remember when it happened. I was 11 years old. My mom was scared when we went shopping. She says, you make sure you stay. This I quote this. She said, you make sure you stay close to me. We don't want that thing happening to what happened to Adam. Like, I mean, it was, that was a real thing in my life, 11 years old. And I was scared. Of course you're scared as a kid. You're like, yeah, I don't want to be taken. Okay. So it created this, this stranger danger, this, this, oh my gosh, it could happen. Even the milk cartons and which actually it wasn't just milk cartons, uh, which we've shown in articles. Uh, We're not making this up. Uh, It was not just milk cartons. It was also pizza boxes um, yep. that they were showing missing children and there were many people that came against that saying that you know you're terrorizing our children they're trying to eat cereal in the morning and they're seeing like their age and fellow children that are you know missing and everything and that would really uh affect someone for the rest of their lives in a certain way and uh and for a generation as we've seen it has right for sure. Tanya has another question for you. Have you ever seen Adam's birth certificate? I just answered her. Uh, interestingly, no, I've never seen Adam's birth certificate. I think we're going to um, see if we get a document of it. Uh, you should be able to go to the health department and get one. So we're going to, me and Megan are going to try. We are right? going to try. Yep. Man, <laughs> please record that when you go down there. I want to see their faces. I actually think, I mean, I remember getting mine and stuff online. I think we can just go online oh, and request okay. it. Oh, yeah, that was right. That's what we was going to do, yeah. 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 We're just going to go that route and see, go from there. It might be more fun actually mm-hmm. going down there, though, with a camera. I'm, I'm good being thrown on the fire. I think that no one's realizing that everyone wants to do everything through me, and <laughs> I've been terrorized enough for the past If I lived... Megan, if I live there, I would do it. I would. I promise you, I would okay, do I it. welcome anyone, anyone. Uh, I would love to. Anybody of the public mm-hmm. to step well, we're coming. up. Mm-hmm. Yep. I would I'm love to, to like, go there. I'm trying to like stay alive and no, get me my and my husband are coming down there, so we'll oh, we'll good. get it done. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, lot. let any any final words on your father, uh, Lindsay? Anything on John Walsh? Like, what do you? before we move on, because I want to go back to the uh, supposed killer Otis tool and, and kind of cover some of the things we've covered on past episodes, but maybe in a little more depth. Well, I think me question- Well, I was trying to open this file. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, go ahead. Sorry. I was trying to open this file since we're still on the diplomat, but it keeps keep saying that, oops, that page is not found. But the just, just just so you know, the title of it is the diplomat, and then semicolon guys, dolls, swells, stars, and it was a Sun Sentinel um, news article, but it won't pull up for some reason. Hmm. I just saw that headline was wild. Why does that always happen when we're live? Like earlier, I thought Rumble went down. It was the app wasn't working. That's never happened. My yeah. app always works. Like it just stopped working. I don't know what. what that yeah. Is. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I yeah, the um, I, I gotta say the Sun Sentinel. I've I've read quite a few articles there. I feel like they did a pretty decent job of covering things. I mean, I I don't yeah. particularly read the Sun Sentinel. I don't live there, so but it does seem like at the time they were at least kind of doing their job, yeah. their due diligence. Not like the articles we too. just read where they they don't have like all the facts about like you would think if you're a journalist 
and you're writing a story, you would want the facts to be correct. I mean, I don't know. It just seems like that goes without saying. But like, how many times have we seen them screw up? Like, just even Megan's bio, or or just simple uh, facts, like with Otis Tool or whatever. Like, you're like, come on, like, like it's all there for you. If I'm just an idiot yep. with a microphone, I mean, if we can dig up stuff, I mean, I'm sure they they've got way more resources than I do. I mean, and no one proofreads it, like apparently. Right. Right. No one proofreads it. That's, that's what I was saying in the beginning of the show about like trolls or different kinds of people in the media and stuff. It's like, you know, people think that I'm not here to convince people of this stuff. We're moving through it. We're not here to convince people of things. And I've grown up like literally I didn't know. Obviously, you only know what you've experienced at that time. And when you're raised in it and my whole life, it was all about, Oh, the media puts out fake stories. Oh, of course that's not true. Oh, of course, you know, this, that, and the other. So this isn't, you know, coming from the inside of it. It's not really that surprising. Yeah. yeah it shouldn't be. Unfortunately. Right. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to the oddest tool as the murderer. So he was the main, uh, apparently he was suspected of doing it. It kind of went back and forth between a few different people. Ironically, Megan, I think we talked about this pre-show. I don't know if it was, maybe, maybe it was at the beginning of the show. It's, it was weird that three national figures, these supposed serial killers were all suspects at one point or even simultaneously. Which, I mean, I <laughs> I don't know. I look at other famous murder cases and I don't think I can ever recall where there were that many people associated, you know, bad people associated with someone's murder or disappearance. I mean, can you? we're the conspiracy theorists and we're supposed to believe that three of the nation's top serial killers, Otis Toole, Henry Lee Lucas, and Jeffrey Dahmer were all you know, there around this just all-American random little boy, you know, just happened that he was the target out of even other kids that were standing there that day with him. So um, I think that's very interesting. And and like you said, we have Otis Tool originally saying that Henry Lee Lucas took Adam with him, like was part of it, when it was immediately thereafter proven that Henry Lee Lucas was actually locked up already. So at the time. Right. Prairie fire in uh foxhole chat said proofreading and fact checking in the mainstream media was an endangered species 20 years ago. It's pretty much extinct now. I agree a hundred percent. And it's, I think it's all intentional. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all propaganda now. That's all it is. It's driven mis disinformation and misinformation intentionally to drive a narrative, yep. whatever their narratives are, whether it's political, financial, whatever, they, they drive everything religious. Um, and I like, we're all on it. I mean, I think most people are, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people I know, even in my private life that would have trusted, you know, like CNN or Fox news, they're even turning it off. They're just like, I'm done. Like I, I can't even stomach this anymore. So, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. I think America will have a rebirth, hopefully, uh, with its mainstream media. And it's probably, you know, like people say, well, we're the media now. I don't want to be part of the media. <laughs> That's not my job. Yeah. I just, well, I do want to expose corruption. Yeah, I do want to expose corruption. But I think everybody should want to expose corruption. 
whether it's in your local in, in various government, ways, in your, yeah, yeah, in your school district, whatever, in your neighborhood. I mean, I mean it touches us do. all. It touches us all in every aspect, like in different ways, but in every aspect, if we universally put it together. So if we focus on how it's affected us, and we take the right, lawful, and peaceful with grace, you know, strides to address that, then we've we that's a big deal. Like we have a lot of people. You know, we all have different hardships and different levels of experience within corruption specifically. That's what we're talking about. But there are commonalities that bring us together. That's how God and that's how just if you don't believe in God, that's how society works. Right. And uh, so if we can focus, each person can focus on what they've been affected that would, you know, have to do with corruption or something. Say you want to do good or you want to change things. Obviously, that's in a context. But, uh, you know, then then there's not even really competition. And also we can address everything. It's not so overwhelming. Like we all have to be responsible. We all have to figure it out. No, we we are uh, by by design, by God's design, uh, that that type of a what, for lack of a better term, that network through hardship. Right. Of how to support others, how to make changes, how to prevent things from happening to others, how to stop things that have generationally happened, like history repeating itself and, and things that, that go through familial cords like abuse or pedophilia or addiction or, you know, mental, like all of that. So. Well, I think it's good to share everyone's testimony. So, you know, we can yeah. learn from it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So again, back to Otis tool. He was the, uh, killer supposedly um i always forget the year megan was it 2015 when they finally decided he was the killer 2008 when they announced eight. it oh sorry eight. 27 years yeah. 27 years after the the murder now yeah. again to to reiterate what we spoke on this a little bit your parents were trying to suppress the evidence that was that some you know a couple people wanted to be public and they went to court over it, and the judge ruled against it, and that evidence became public. And so you have to ask the question, why in the world would you want, if there's evidence that can help solve a crime, why would you want to keep it suppressed? And, you know, the quotes we have of them were, this could hinder any future investigations. Well, how in the world does that hinder an investigation? Well, the claim, the claim is that once something's made public, that it can no longer be used in court. That's the old claim. That's not true but right which is nonsensical like i i've never seen that in any other i mean I'm, I'm sure it has happened there's always like this you know off the wall thing but i mean in most cases you need that to go forward because you have to sift through it and decide okay well what is actual evidence what's hearsay you know whatever what's uh you know fake evidence or are these witnesses well, also, real or not real a, well and there's a question of if people actually got to see the records and review them versus the corruption that was going on at the time, uh, would they have a different, a different opinion? Because my opinion is that if people looked at this case and why we're bringing this forward and taking this time is that, you know, when people look at this after 42 years, no one would believe that it was some random serial killer that killed my brother. You wouldn't think there is a love triangle going on in the home with drug use and neglect, potential neglect. And, more and here's a man moving out of the house and 
which again, James Campbell was originally a suspect. And I do want to point out the fact that, you know, like you said, these judges were originally making decisions that, you know, I give credit where credit is due. Like they were just decisions like to release the files was a just decision to include James Campbell's uh, deposition, which my parents in the original Sears case tried to get removed from the case. The judge ruled that no, this, this testimony was pertinent and integral to the case because it described the nature of the lifestyle and the environment that this child grew up in that led him to disappear or be uh, you know, a potential, you know, potentially kidnapped or leave him vulnerable, right? I guess is the is the point where we see her leaving him in the store. Now, of course, they use the excuse, oh, it was back in the day and everyone left their children and all of this. But you know, oh, still, like 90 minutes later, they don't call the police, which were right across the street until like hours later. You know, people are saying that they didn't, they saw her walk in, but without a child, they saw her walk into the school without a child. And then she's saying, you know, she left the Adam in the car to pay the tuition at the school. And then years later, she's saying no, or no, original, I'm sorry. I, I can't remember which order it was, but at one point she says that he, she left him in the car and then she changes to he walked hand in hand. I believe it's actually, she originally said that they walked hand in hand and then later said that uh, she left him in the car, which then we see them all quoting how, you know, John, you know, Adam was needed close contact. He was very timid. He didn't want to even go get a drink at the baseball, you know, field on his own and, you know, different things. So why would you be leaving a child well, in a car just throw in there. a video department, you know, video game? in there i've actually have a video where he says that reve wouldn't even let him ride his bike outside by himself at the house so why would you let him stay at a video game by himself even if there's other little boys there but you right. wouldn't but you would and you wouldn't if you wouldn't let him ride their bicycle at your house like what and yeah and let's not forget earlier in the day she had to pay tuition for school and the secretary where she was paying tuition stated that she doesn't recall a little boy coming in with her, that Reve entered the building alone. And if you look at the map, the how their home, the school and the mall are literally within, I believe it's seven or eight minutes from each other. And yet there's like hour long gaps. Yes. And yes. she's saying she, my mother changes her timeline. She says that she didn't, her watch wasn't working. And James Campbell, his alibi is there's no alibi for him. There's no proven alibi for him on those hours after Adam goes missing. And then he says, oh, I didn't have my watch that day. I mean, we're seeing patterns in uh, in alibis. We're seeing holes in alibis. We're seeing that, again, no one actually identified Adam that day at the mall. So, you know, I think Tanya to go over to chat real quick and acknowledge that. Um, and thank you, Tanya. Um, you know, she, she says, is there ever, is there any proof Adam actually was a person? Now I do know that Adam was a person. I know he existed. I know even the boss's son, you know, would play with him and different things and have attested and, and others. So I do know that, but I, what I did respond here is that uh, yes, Adam was a person. The question is, was he at the mall that day? 
Um, I thought I think it's also important to uh, speak to the the polygraph test. We've covered that a few episodes ago, and how extensive yeah. that interrogation was into Reve and John Walsh. I mean, I, th I think John got asked maybe seven questions, uh, and Mom got about ten, um, and that was pretty much it. And they were clear and says, "Yeah, they absolutely had nothing to do with this." Did you do it? Did you do it? Did you know who did it? <laughs> So it's laughable. It's just so, it's actually embarrassing. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's, yeah. it's yeah. And that's not the Hollywood police department. We have even, I'll even give them that. Okay. Even though I know they were in on the deal or most likely, um, <coughs> you know, even they're asking more extensive, you know, questioning and things. And then here comes Joe Matthews again. We're just, the cleanup guy. There's a lot of cleanup guys in this. Going back to the fact that, and I don't know if I thoroughly addressed that, but well, I point out. my dad came in, you know, yes, he has quoted and bragged about how the police were doing so bad that he had to come in. And they also, you know, back this up that he took over the police department and he took over the investigation and he was just so, you know. What were you going to say? Lindsay? Yeah, well, I mean, like, I'm trying to be quick. Um, I, now I forgot it. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. I'll think about it in a minute. Oh, no, I know. Uh, now, now, I remember now. So the fact that, like, Monaghan wanted to identify him, why, like, e even though he identified him, I would oh, still yeah. be like, okay, hey, Reve, hey, John, uh, would you like to come down as well and identify him? But they didn't. Yeah, they they didn't. And also in the records, it said, oh, there's John Monahan, just the normal all-American guy. There not, he is. Not cartel, not mob. Not no, not at, all. not at all. Not Bahamas, <laughs> not South Florida. Shady. No. Just. And then you have the uh, police uh, lieutenant behind him. And he doesn't even look like a police lieutenant. He looks like a construction worker. Oh my god, <laughs> he literally does. Like, is that a is that a, a paint palette in his hand? Like, you know, for painters <laughs> or what's going on here? Sorry. Okay, I right. I, yeah. I thought it Sorry. was I thought it was the maintenance guy. Yeah. Right. Literally, and <laughs> so. but but there, but regardless of that, we're be you know yes, I I agree, but regardless, that is showing Monahan with the police like literally the, right. the the police in charge right there and just um, for those that are new to the story monahan is kind of like this you know hotel mogul down in the bahamas south florida pretty well known well established lots of money lots of strange connections that we've covered in the past uh and he John takes her dad under his uh, yeah takes her dad under his wings and uh, because he yeah. supposedly saved his son yeah. in the uh you know in a drainage pipe and and props up John and John becomes, you know, his kind of like his right hand man. Right. And who has and this whole private estate in Hollywood that yeah. my parents actually lived at for a period of time. James Campbell lived at for a period of time. Many people lived at. He saved his son at one time. Yes. Yes. Who's yeah, who that son went on to then kidnap and extort and go to prison <laughs> later in life. Can't make, can't make it up. Nope. And, mentally and, ill. We're so mentally ill, guys. Don't forget. And he Come was on. and he was chasing a kid around with a machete. 
I mean, at a, at a skateboard Exact park. Days after, whatever, shortly after Adam, we've got a 27, 28-year-old or so, not a kid, at a skate park, the boss's son, with a machete. Well, and, and he had a blue van. And, and he had a blue van. Yeah. And the original blue van that was seen dumping Adam's head was actually registered to the chief of police, actually. <laughs> Just... Oh, what a tangle. You literally could not make it up, literally. No. Yeah. I, I could no. never, I couldn't get paid to make this up. This is... No. And and you have to ask <laughs> again, why? Why wasn't this reported? Why aren't they telling you about this? Why isn't this... A, a, like, there should be, if you're going to tell the story, then you tell the whole story. You don't get to tell one side or parts of a story. Exactly. Uh, you, would never, you would never go into court unless it's rigged, like it is against Megan, actually, in her case with one side of the story, right? The prosecutor side, what the defendant mm -hmm. doesn't get to present any evidence, doesn't get to have any representation. Instead, no, they just slam you with their supposed evidence. I mean, let's face it. Anybody can fabricate anything against anybody. Like it's easy to do. My you can take kids, bits and pieces and fabricate. My kids were taken on hearsay and this yeah, case that's what, yeah. was quote unquote solved on hearsay, okay? And you know that that's that's a big deal. Sorry, Gina, I didn't mean to interrupt, but we have to no, remember that's, that. Well, and we usually, you know, there's people that have literally committed murder, literally, and they they say, "Oh, we don't have enough evidence. We can't we can't mm -hmm. uh, convict them." Yeah. So how do you get, you know? Oh, you froze up, Lindsay. Oh. You there? Joe Matthews. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sorry, let's, I think let's... I... Yep, you're back. You're back. I don't know. Okay, there we go. Yep. I don't know why it keeps doing that every time. Like, we talk about some serious. Yeah, they do that to us, don't they? All right, so compelling evidence that they caught the wrong guy in the Adam Walsh case. Okay, so again, honest tool is the supposed. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> it's it, it's just weird that it I'm only goes out when we're doing this show. <laughs> it's really I know, weird. I know. <laughs> and and then we have that one time when they just shut off my computer completely, which has never ever happened before. Yeah, there's that. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. I choose I choose okay. God. <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I mean, Otis Tool, the convicted killer in in 2008, and you know, like we said earlier. He's, I mean, let's face it. The guy's not the prettiest person I've ever seen. <laughs> not the most handsome fella. I mean, they, they put this ugly face out there for the public to see. He's admitting pretty, I don't know how many murders he admitted. I think I read over 600 murders he was apparently a, said he was a part of. Uh, and then he collaborates okay. with, with, with Lucas and some other murders and they're gay lovers. I mean, this is, a, this is actually, I mean, I hate to say it. It's a story made for TV. <laughs> okay? Like, it is, like, yep. so ridiculously over the top. Yes. It's so over the top. And then so there's two serial killers in the same location? What? Yeah. How does that happen? Blocks yeah. from each other. Yeah. Dahmer was I, living you know. blocks away or working blocks away. And, uh, you know, Honest Tool just happened to be drifting through drifting sorry i'm used to the grift word these days drifting through uh south florida you know that day by the mall now i want to remind people that it said that adam was at, you know told to leave the store and that he was crying along the wall outside of the store and got picked up and um 
you know, I think that that's interesting in itself. I don't think that would ever be the case. And then my mom claims, oh, he would never leave the store. He knows where he is. We've been here over a hundred times, you know, all of that. And I will say that going back to what we were, you guys were just talking about a second ago, I want to remind people that aren't aware that uh, there's, there's definitely um, documentation of people who called the Hollywood police to report and what they had seen. And if it did not fit the narrative that they had already, you know, put out into the media, which is another question, how at that time was this case put so nationally and so quickly, what connections were there already probably through John Monaghan, this boss, um, and I don't know, the CIA or whoever might be behind it, if, if that were the case. Uh, but we have, you know, the the media being pushed out. We have um, the, I, I just lost my train of thought. Sorry, guys, I admit. That happens, I think, at least once a show. It's a lot of information. Because <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> There's so much going on here. And it's uh, frustrating at the same time. That's the thing. I mean, when you get frustrated. Well, that's what they you're, do. You're, they, they... It's well, the, it makes me. It makes me want to chaos. I literally want to. Yeah, I literally want to dry heave like during some of these because you're so you're thinking. Do does anybody in this world care about justice? Like, does anybody really want to see like a case hey, like John this solved? Walsh yeah. But, John Walsh does. Oh yeah, and I just remembered. I was trying to. Yeah, John Walsh wants to. Um, I was saying that anyone that came forward, you know, that had a different um, truth or witness testimony, they were turned away uh, by the Hollywood police at that time if it didn't fit the narrative. And furthermore, why I want to why I persevered on this was because we have documentation and knowing of anyone that came out about like with a different narrative or said that they were there that day have been uh retaliated against and and we even have same names in my case with you know mia taylor for example uh you know they use c and using cps and uh also the courts criminally to uh retaliate uh, against people so when i thought i was asking questions and I guess they were too, um, they hit home too much. Then they implemented uh, tactics that have been used on others, not just myself. I'm not special, guys. This is, you know. Right. And, you know, I want to preface something here. The articles I pulled for tonight, okay, mm -hmm. if you go on Google, all I did was put, uh, what did I put in the search bar? I think I put um, Adam Walsh or something like that. Something simple. And I always get the same stuff over and over and over again, right? So I went to, uh, what is it, Yandex, I think it's called or whatever. And instantly, I get a bunch of stuff I've never seen before. <laughs> like, I mean, it was insane, yeah. like the amount of information that popped up just by going to a different search engine. Not that I don't use other search engines, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go on there. I haven't been on there in a while. And sure enough, a bunch of these other articles, which happens to be the articles that would kind of go against the narrative. So I find that very mm -hmm. suspicious. Like, Proving why on one point. side? <laughs> yep. Yeah, right. Amen. Right. Yep. Another yeah. aspect of society we should all care about. Go ahead, sir. Exactly. Uh, do you want to read it, um, Megan, or do you want one of us to read? Yeah, I can read. Um, okay. I'll try not to interject. The Adam Walsh case began on uh, July 27, 1981, when he vanished from a Sears department store in Hollywood, Florida. He and his mother were shopping that day, and she left him alone in the video game 
section while she looked at some lamps. Um, when she came back to collect him, the boy was gone. The That's a weird word. Uh, the search for him led to na uh, nationwide coverage, but he was never seen alive again. Walsh's severed head was found in a drainage canal two weeks after he went missing. The case went unsolved for 30 years. Then the question of who killed Adam Walsh was seemingly answered in 20, in 2008, excuse me, when serial killer Otis Toole uh, was posthumous, posthumously, what? I don't know that word. I actually am a great linguist, but okay, guys, blamed for the murder. I think that writer wrote and used the thesaurus tool, but anyways, Tool had confessed to killing the. Oh my god! Uh, tool had confessed to killing the six-year-old boy, and then retracted his confession several times over the years. He died in prison in 1996, succumbing to liver failure. So Tool was never formally indicted or brought to trial for the crime. Although Tool was in the vicinity when Walsh vanished. The details were sketchy, which led to many Adam Walsh theories. Well, Revae Walsh was in the vicinity. So was my father's mother randomly in the vicinity. Yeah. So was, in, the, in the same mall. Yeah. So Not was playing, Jane, Jane Doe. So was Jane Doe with her kids playing that day. Is she the Honda? Okay. Walsh's parents continue to seek justice for children like their son. Their advocacy helped establish the National Center for Missing Exploited Children and the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act. Walsh's father, John, became famous as the host of television show America's Most Wanted. But the chilling thought remains, what if the police pinned the crime on the wrong man? Two witnesses... Yeah. Did you catch the famous word? Yeah. I hope others did. Yep. yep. Good call. Thank you. Two witnesses saw Jeffrey Dahmer in the area when Walsh disappeared. Now, this is where I want to have respect for one of the two. I'm going to segue here, guys. I'm going to take a break for a second because here he is. Willis Morgan and Arthur J. Harris have been two of the writers, investigative reporters, or civilians that have really, it's not negating, so this is not black and white, it's not negating the hard work or things that they did. And I have respect for Willis. I do not have respect for Arthur J. Harris. That's another story that we'll get into another time, and I'm more than happy uh, to talk about that. Uh, but I do believe that I'm not saying that they're paid opposition necessarily, but people can be led to believe or see things, uh, especially if this is a created event in that context, guys, we're just doesn't hurt anything to think on different perspectives, but uh, mm -hmm. you know, to keep this going and to introduce the Jeffrey Dahmer scenario and i give respect to willis morgan he claims with all of his heart that and he wasn't a kid that day he was 30 something years old and it says that he had a conversation with uh with uh jeffrey dahmer that day in the mall um and again when we're in these situations and it's you know if if there are other agencies behind it or this is originating with that then 
maybe he thinks that he saw Jeffrey Dahmer and maybe that wasn't just like people might think that they saw Adam. Um, I'm just, just asking questions, just putting that out there. Um, but Willis Morgan, I have great respect for, her. I, I do love him very much, but it's also very ironic that these people like Willis Morgan, Arthur J. Harris, and then Jay Greeland, um, you know, are, where are they right now? I mean, they have fought for 40 years to get this, this issue out and get the truth and go to court and get records and everything. And then when all this is happening, uh, they're all very, very, very quiet, um, when you'd think that this would be like their vindication almost, right, with what's going on currently. So I'll just put that out there. Still well, have respect. I was but... just going to say, mm -hmm. I was just going to say also, he very well could have seen Dahmer in them all. Right. But Dahmer could have also been told to go there just for that, just so he could see someone and someone could report right. it and not even be him. Right. I as, I as like a as like a there another narrative that a fall guy that would be created normally. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Thank you. I I think that's very important to point out. And, uh, and, and that Morgan, would and that wouldn't fault on him. That wouldn't have faulted on him because you know. No. Right. I I agree. That's thank you. That's kind of what I'm trying to get at. Um. We're not here accusing people. We're not here, you know, to disrespect anyone and or to negate anything that they've, you know, put themselves in jeopardy or, you know, had to deal with. But nonetheless, you know, just like I hope people understand when I'm talking about my parents, I have to remove myself from the situation. Right. Like you have to you have to remove yourself from that and, and look objectively at these things, right. To actually get to the truth. That's what I care about. I don't care if I heard that I was wrong this entire time. Like I would have loved to hear that I was wrong and I'd have my children back and I'd go get help or, you know, something like they want to happen. Yeah. You know, we're, we're not there now. So this is a whole, by what my, the current crimes of John Walsh and the current reaction to like Gino said, when I'm asking questions and thinking that they're going to like, want to know this information that's genuinely real like i thought they would and then instead you know there's more abuse which leads to me going no contact and then them you know doing this whole creation of this event which even that in itself is a question of whether me asking those questions was a trigger for that or did prompt that or whether this was always in the plan to begin with when my mother's looking at me telling me that you know, she has the money and she's going to take my kids. And that was part of her abuse. And when I would address it with my father, he would tell me, oh, that's so crazy, Megan. We, his quote, literally, we tell you every day what an amazing mother you are. And then she would tell me that, oh, I'm making her look bad by being such a good mother. <laughs> so that's the reality of the situation. So then what does that, where does that leave us? I mean, where else do we go from there? Then we have to continue questioning when you're like going to these lengths to perjure and steal children and destroy your own and act like she doesn't even exist with your son on a new show and, you know, all of that, which God bless him because I'd never want to be in that place. That's why I ran for the hills 10 years ago. So um, anyways, Willis uh, Morgan, before you get started, Megan, before you get started, yeah, Mad Pogue, yeah. Mad Pug over in Rumble said that word was, I, it's phonetically spelled and I still can't pronounce it. Post, posthumously? Pos, posthumously? Is it post or post? 
posthumously. What is that? Posthumously. I think it would probably be more posthumously. It means after death. Posthumously. Thank you, though. That's awesome. See? I love it. Every little way. We want to be accurate, guys. We're not trying to, like, be the bad guys. Okay. Um... And no, Tanya, and I want to say this, not you did not upset me at all. We are here. We are looking at what we need to. And I, again, thank you and God bless you. No, no way did you ever offend me or uh, anything of this of the sort, honey. Thank you. All right. Are we ready for me to keep reading? Yes, ma'am. Yes, please. Go ahead. Okay. Willis Morgan, an author and former newspaper reporter, claimed he was in the mall the day Walsh disappeared and that he saw Jeffrey Dahmer there. He didn't realize who Dahmer was. Okay, this is key. He didn't realize who Dahmer was until 10 years later when the man made national news for the horrific murders he committed. Let's think about CIA and psyops and suggestivenessness of things. I'll just, okay, I'm stopping. <laughs> when, when the man made national, okay, sorry. There was another witness as well, a woman whose child was almost abducted from the same mall the week before Walsh vanished. At, so again, this goes to the fact that we know that Adam Walsh, uh, his, his story made national headlines, but actually, statistically, it was not little girls that were being taken uh, at the time. Statistically, the majority of missing children, quote unquote, missing children cases were actually little boys. And then when we compare that to what was going on at the time with things like the Franklin scandal and Boys Town and the McMartin case, then we see, uh, you know, a congruency there, right? To say the least. Um, so it says, uh, la, 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 sorry, uh, at the time of the incident, she didn't go to the police, but after seeing all of the Walsh's cover, I think I skipped a sentence, sorry. Uh, it, uh, but after seeing all of the Walsh's coverage, she did. Uh, the composite sketch that the woman and an artist produced looked a lot like Dahmer. Morgan and the woman told the police about the, the mystery man's resemblance to Dahmer, but they were ignored. Morgan uh, detailed all of this information in his book, which I highly suggest. I have it right here. He was wonderful to send it to me actually on the anniversary of Adam's murder um, or, or disappearance. Uh, Morgan detailed all this uh, information in his book, Frustrated Witness, the story of Adam Walsh, case and police misconduct, in which he speculates that Dahmer was Walsh's real killer. John Cameron thinks Edward Wayne Edwards killed Walsh as well as John Benet Ramsey. An, uh, by the way, another real looker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Otis told us all. They literally chose us to be the ugly faces, and they literally are. I mean, Otis Tool would scare the death out of anybody. Um, John Cameron. A retired police detective who also worked on cold cases for the FBI 
sorry, a retired detective who also worked on cold cases for the FBI thinks serial killer Edward Wayne Edwards killed Walsh. It's interesting because my dad is very adamant about never telling anyone or using his middle name Edward. It's so funny. Or Junior, which is interesting. Um, oh, wow. That, that is. That's that's right. I never could find anything. Edward I always junior. thought it'd be, it was because his initials spelled Jew, but maybe we're, there's something deep. <laughs> uh, well, Cameron wait, Megan, this, wait, that's a, that's a good segue for this. Watch the only television show that's endorsed by the FBI. America's oh. Most Wanted, Sunday on Fox 54. The only show. Sorry. The only show. Sorry, not sorry. Like, we're, <laughs> we gotta get spongy on that. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, the only show indoors, which then look at the National Center for Missing Exploited Children. Is it a nonprofit or is it a government agency? All and right. it's even documented that, that, that the National Center is literally donate has donations from government and everything. Yeah, they're they're funded by the Secret Service, by the DOJ, by the DOD, by everybody, FBI. Mm-hmm. Every three, my dad is the was one of three honorary U.S. Marshals in history. The other one, one of the, I don't remember the third, but the other one being, ironically, Ronald Reagan. All right. Yep. John Cameron, okay, blah, 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 thinks serial killer Edward Wayne Edwards, what a name, killed Walsh. Cameron also believes Edwards, who died in 2011, conveniently while in prison ironically yeah just conveniently it's like the uh annie gottlieb case too there's a lot all these cases are like convicted dead people uh a dead man can't talk uh who died in 2011 while in prison for five murders is also meaning already compromised is also responsible for the deaths of john benet ramsey Teresa halbeck and the Zodiac victims, among others, which actually we will be having a special guest, Harriet Sooker. I want to give a shout out. Go follow her on X. Uh, Harriet Sooker, S-U-C-H-E-R. She does amazing anagrams and ciphers of uh, Jack Terrence connected to the Zodiac, which we will be getting into. We're waiting for her to let us know. I just talked to her earlier. The guys know here. Um, But she did all of these great ones that are giving deeper speculation into the uh, connections of John and Rave Walsh prior to Adam and the potential crime. Gina, this is a good find. Um, You had asked us earlier, if we could ask Megan earlier, if she'd ever heard about um, the things that uh, the lady she was just talking about had ever brought up. And she said, no, but here, but here, someone else is mentioning it, mentioning Mm -hmm. it. So it is definitely, definitely real. Yeah. and we're also waiting for her to, for those that regularly join us a couple weeks ago, or maybe last month or so, a couple episodes ago, we uh, showed letters, right, or handwritten letters that we had found in the documents and records for Adam's case on justiceforadam.com. And uh, in one, we, she is actually ciphering uh one of the letters uh for us so we'll have that in the coming weeks and hopefully we'll be able to have her on 
to give her breakdown of uh, her findings. She's actually written a book, um, America's Most Wanted Something. You can go again, uh, Harriet, two R's, two T's, and the last name is spelled S-U-C-H-E-R on X. uh, And you can see her blog as well. Uh, Edwards had a habit of moving around the country and assuming a new persona in each city that he stopped in. He was also very good at uh, framing other people for his murders. According to Cameron, Edwards was someone who could blend in and make others trust him, which made him even more dangerous. Wow, that sounds like someone we know. Arthur J. Harris believes Walsh is still alive. Okay, I guess we're going to go down this rabbit hole, Gino, for a second, because I already grilled him, and I had my Adam, and he had his Adam. And when I asked to talk to this Adam he claims he's had, suddenly Adam wanted nothing to do with it. (laughs) That suddenly Adam had made his own family, and he was moved on from this, which is absolutely Mm -hmm. untrue. And I called Arthur J. Harris out. And I have not spoken to him since. And he sent several Hollywood producers in to try to get information and act like they want to do a production about Adam and many different things. Um, Arthur. And, and let me just let me just add this. Yeah. Yeah. Let me add this, Megan. If you're a true crime writer like Art Harris is, uh, you're I would say you have a tendency to sensationalize things to sell books. Uh, that is his nature, aside from even the profession. I will, I can say that uh, from yeah. my own interactions. Yeah, and I don't know the man. I don't know him personally. I just know his work. I've read a lot about him. I see him in a lot of articles and things like that. But I just, you know, I think in general, human nature is if you're an author, I mean, what do you want to do? You want to sell books. <laughs> you you don't yeah, want and, a couple people buying your books. And I also just said that I do. I did meet him. I did Mm -hmm. spend extensive extensive time with him. Right. Um, So to not negate that, sorry, with all due respect. Uh, True crime writer Arthur J. Harris believes, (laughs) because you're you're not wrong, um, believes that Walsh is still alive. So now we're seeing like, you know, see how we're seeing the compute. We're going to keep the chaos magic going. We're going to have these two guys that are saying one saying he saw Jeffrey Dahmer. The other one saying that Adam Walsh is still alive and also saying that they're not wrong in some of their conjecture. Right. And some of what they're doing, just like CPS and the nonprofits like National Center. It's not saying that they haven't done good for some people or different things, but that's also what is used as a front, right, for the more nefarious and larger, you know, especially profiting aspects of what they're doing. He based his theory on, the, like you just said, with books, right, Gino? Um, he based his theory on the fact that only Walsh's head was found, not the rest of his body. Even though his dental impressions were matched up with those of the head, they were not actually, that's incorrect, again, by respectfully this article they he was identified by a cavity in a molar that actually when you look at statistics uh that is the molar that most children of that age there's an actual statistic about it that it's the molar that most children of that age first develop cavities uh within so and walsh's parents identified it as belonging to their son this isn't, and he, they didn't, John Monahan identified the head and he didn't actually originally recognize the head either, which is a detail that's left out. 
this uh, isn't enough for Harris. He pointed out the lack of an autopsy report, which is true. The autopsy reports are missing, which is another alarming situation, as well as identification documents from the official medical examiner's case file. Basically, Harris thinks there isn't any solid proof that Walsh is dead. So again, not black and white. I respect that because that is a big possibility but maybe not for the exact reasons that Arthur J. Harris is listing. Is that fair, I guess, to say? Yeah. Uh, John and Reve Walsh thought police botched the case. Oh, what was the turn of events? Walsh's parents, John and Reve, apparently believed the, Holly, the police in Hollywood, Florida, botched their son's case from the very beginning. Walsh's parents, John and Reve, apparently believed the police in Hollywood, Florida, botched their son's case from the very beginning. When the child first disappeared, they waited for two hours for the police to show up and take note of what happened. Two that, hours. Yeah, which actually we have other affidavits of people that were going to the mall later in the day and said that there was no police presence, but yet it was a very chaotic a uh, parking lot scene, if you will, an outside scene at the ho at the Hollywood Mall because of the Sears sale that was suddenly going on that Reve needed to go get the oh, lamp at and that John Walsh as the loving, attentive husband sleeping with anything with legs at the time made sure that he cut out the ad that the lamps that she loved and he remembered because he cares so much was uh, were on sale. Uh, because they were just all American and, and, you know, probably couldn't afford the lamp. That's two you hours. Know, that reminds me of, yes. It reminds me of the Avon, the Avon books. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also reminds me of Stranger Things. In the beginning, her son goes missing and she becomes obsessed with lamps. And I never do that, but there you go. All right. Uh, and also Minority Report, the guy's son goes missing and he lost his son, which projected him into this predictive policing and Minority Report, which by the end of it circles around as him being, uh, you know, taken in for his potential crimes and the system turning on him, which is very ironic. All right. But that's too conspiratorial, guy. That's, you guys, that's, that's way too. Too coincidence. Too coincidence. Hey. No, yeah. Let's use all the red meat terms, uh, you know, that get people going. That's two hours of searching lost, uh, which is, okay, so let's reread that because we got a little off, and I apologize to the viewers. When the child first disappeared, they waited for two hours for the police to show up from across the street and take note of what happened. That's two hours of searching lost, a point that becomes especially critical if the child and his abductor were still nearby. Besides this example, neither parent elaborated on why they felt the case was botched. However, the formal apology they received from the police suggests the authorities also believe something went wrong with the investigation. If the police work was sloppy from the start, then that throws doubt on their determination that Tool committed the crime, which I agree. Not black and white. Tool was never formally prosecuted for the crime. And his his cell neighbor was Ted Bundy, by the way, which is interesting. 
they're all just, you know, it's Lindsay's coincidences. Usually a murder case isn't closed until it goes to a grand jury. The uh, perpetrator is indicted and a trial is held. None of this happened in the Walsh case. Instead, a retired detective, Joe Matthews, went back over the case and found a roll of film that he, that hadn't been developed. Those pictures... Oh. Yeah, the Shroud of Turin. Those pictures showed blood evidence in Tool's car that supposedly linked him to Walsh's murder. Now, the fact of the matter is, is that that blood was never determined whether it was even human or animal to begin with uh, or anything else. That was enough for Chad Wagner, the Hollywood Florida police chief who officially listed Tool as the murderer. Tool had died in prison in 1996, and it isn't known if the photographic evidence was enough to definitively prove that Tool committed the murder. Again, the carpet samples were somehow just lost by the police, because that would have answered that real quick through DNA now, wouldn't it have? Right. And Megan, it doesn't matter. I mean, you don't need to know if it's animal or human. I mean, his face was right there, just like you said. Right, I mean, so right It was just, just right there for everybody to see. Even though yeah. both of these writers have who i don't completely agree with but that i respect willis have shown that this photo that's about to pop up is actually a highly zoomed in image of the overall carpet so when you actually get the file from the police which is on again justiceforadam.com uh you will see that it is a larger uh image that actually looks more appears to be as willis says more of a boot boot mark or something of that nature where this would be very zoomed in and he goes through it in his book frustrated witness um of how joe matthews did some very creative work zooming in on this twisting the image even uh and so on and so forth to say that in his words he found the shroud of it was like finding the shroud of turin and then all of his life's work, I will say also all of his biggest investigation of Adam Walsh, all of the physical documents somehow got lost in Cuba with his uh, co-writer, Stan, uh, what is it? Stan uh, Lesseford, something like that. Sorry, guys, it's leaving you, me right now. You know what's funny, Megan? There's I saw another quote from Matthews, and he must like these religious terms because another one was it was like seeing... <laughs> it was like seeing the Virgin Mary when he first oh. saw this photo. Yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Well, he needs Christ. Okay. The police claim the photo of the inside of Tool's car shows Walsh's face. This is what my mother agreed to. Um, remember, Ghislaine Maxwell was a female and she was a procurer. Just saying. One of the main pieces of evidence in the case against Tool is a photo taken by law enforcement of the interior of the car, which originally all the witnesses that day said that they saw a van. There was no Cadillac. Suddenly it changes to a Cadillac. Suddenly the Cadillac's gone and missing. Suddenly the carpet samples are gone and missing. Yeah, it just doesn't but make any Joe sense. Joe Matthews happens to find after 30 years a roll of undeveloped film in in the records in the police station and he develops them and there's the shroud of turn okay the and think of megan think about okay let's just say he did find a roll of film if it's 30 years old do you honestly think that film's going to be in, in good enough condition to be able to develop it 
Like so I know, I know yeah. just with stuff in my own, my mom's house that's, you know, was less than 30 years old, like eight millimeter film and, you know, pictures, whatever. They all just deteriorate over time. Yeah. yeah they yellow, they turn from, you yeah. know, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, but they also kept Adam's head on ice for 20 that's, plus that's years. That's true. Well, make sure you want to find, and make you want to find one of those, uh, How do you make do you that? want to find one of those disposable cameras and test it out. Hmm. I, yeah, I don't even know. Uh, compared to everything, it's like, that's just another point. Uh, the photo is of a patch of blood illuminated by luminol, a substance that interacts with blood, any blood, any, any blood and causes it to glow blue under certain lights. The image supposedly shows a bustle of, a, a, a what? Outline, sorry, mine's cut off. Outline of Walsh's face. Somehow, however, some doubt that the luminol in the photo even picked up on blood and was instead reacting to metal in the car. Also, the supposed outline of Walsh's face is something that people may have wanted to see and may not actually be there. Yes. Remember, remember, Reve Walsh was hypnotized uh, under the order of Joe Matthews. And then here's Joe Matthews years later presenting Reve Walsh with a picture that she wants to see, especially if she had oh. something to do with it or holds any guilt around it. It isn't concrete proof that Walsh was in Tool's car. Right. And I used the analogy last time we talked about this. It's like when you look at clouds. You know, if someone says, oh, look yeah. at that cloud. It looks like an ice cream cone. Okay, well, yeah, if yeah. you suggestively telling somebody that, yeah, you start seeing things. I mean, when I look at that picture, I looked at it, I don't know how many times. And then all of a sudden, I'll be darned, I saw a face. <laughs> but then it was because I wanted to see I a face. And I'm like, like, it's ridiculous. Well, it's and, so and stupid. And when they show the picture, they show a diagram of how it would yes. be a face. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, wow. Literally. I still don't see the face, so. <laughs> it's not there, Lindsay. <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let you yeah. in on a secret. <laughs> <laughs> Tool claim responsibility for murders. Police know he didn't commit. Dun, dun, dun. Prior. Sorry, I'm eating, guys. Prior to 2008, Tool's official body count was six. Uh, he was sentenced to death for killing George uh, Sonnenberg, then indict, which was like a fire, and these people happened to die in it. Like he was never mm -hmm. even convicted of like cold blooded murder. He was an arson and like got off on fire. Um, and I really think that that's probably the only one that he was responsible for, honestly. Yes, ex I agree, Lindsay. I agree. Then indicted in the death of Ada Johnson. Later, Tool pled guilty to an additional four murders but claimed that he killed upwards of 108 people. Authority, these people, these men have been locked up for like a significant period of their life too. So this is physically impossible. I think they did the math that he would have to be like, there's something crazy. Like he would have to driven to all these states for like some crazy amount of hours per day. And like, oh, it was so impossible. Authorities well, Megan, it could be that he's using uh, John Walsh math systems. I mean, he had well, 50,000 kids, and really it's 100. Could be the yeah, same thing. Yeah, that works out, doesn't it? Exponential curve. Mm -hmm. Authorities have proved that not all of those 108 murders were committed by Tool. And he said Henry Lee Lucas was there when he took Adam. Um, meaning he was an unreliable source of information. 
like Henry Lee Lucas was used to close cases for the police. So when Toole confessed to killing Walsh, he might have been lying and simply looking for attention since the case was so high profile. It's not just attention, it's incentives in prison. When you're spending the rest of your life in jail, Henry Lee Lucas said it's like fried chicken and milkshakes. That's what you're doing. You want to get that, those incentives, you know, perks. And and let's not forget the made-for-TV movie Adam was about to come out. Yep, it was. Thank you, Gino. Mm -hmm. It was about to come out. The family-approved script where my mother's called and told that this is Adam's new family and he's doing well. I've got that clip if you want to play that right now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Let's go ahead. We played it before, but what the heck? Yep. The I phone call. It, let me see. Yeah, I think it's this one. Did you forget something? Oh, no. We're the family that's raising Adam now. We just wanted to call and tell you the body they found. That wasn't your son, Mrs. Walsh. Adam is alive. Adam is not alive. He was no. utterly identified beyond a shadow of a doubt. And how in the hell did you get this number? Believe what you want. I'm telling you, he's a happy, healthy eight-year-old doing wonderfully at school. He has a two-wheeler, lots of... Kind of like my kids. Finders. Oh, I just got chills. Where's my royalties? Megan, I gotta ask, is that kind of weird when like you see someone portraying you as a child? Um, yeah, sorry, I'm finally eating dinner, guys. Um Yeah, I mean it's weird. Again, I think where was my kids we're talking about children's rights, aren't we? Just like where do children get a say when their biological parents are taken? Where's my say in whether I want to be a part of this or not? Um Furthermore, as a joke, you know, where's my royalty check? So, (laughs) (laughs) oh, why would they? You have to ask why. Oh, we lost Lindsay. You have to ask why in the world would they include something like that in that movie? Like, why have that scene? And then we have James Campbell in his deposition saying how he was at my parents' house right after Adam, or was it right after, right before? I don't want to misspeak but that he received a call asking for John that then hung up mysteriously and, you know, we don't know the rest. Right. Yeah. Very strange. All right. Let's get back to that article here. Tool 
tools confession didn't match up with the facts. I love all these stoic photos with these men of that time. Yeah. Very Masonic. <laughs> that, that, that looks very finders like that kind of middle. <laughs> it is. It's fine. They all have the mustache too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the stash. Yep. It's just like when they're saying, "Oh, I, we saw this mugshot and these drawings," you know, years later, and we realized it was Jeffrey Dahmer. No, it looked. It does not look like Jeffrey Dahmer. It Doesn't. looks like a Finder's cult member. Right. Looks, cults have distinguishing. You know, you all wear the same thing. You all, all the men have this kind of hairstyle, or they have this facial hair. You're not allowed to have facial hair. You know, whatever the variable is, but that's what cults do. You know, and I was going to mention that when we were talking about Willis Morgan. I mean, to identify Dahmer as the guy that was there 10 years later, like, he didn't look like the same guy. I've looked at pictures from 81 to, like, 91, 92. That doesn't, I would have never known that was the same person. I mean, I mean even th some of the people that backed Willis up have said that, like, you know, he was very persistent mm -hmm. on this. Like, if they were really honest. It was just because of that. Like, they saw him on TV and said it looked like that might be the person. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Um, okay. Tool admitted to killing um to killing Walsh several times but recanted each confession. His first confession in nineteen eighty three involved a drawn out story about how he raped Walsh over the course of two hours before strangling him and then beheading him with a machete. Tool told the police where he had buried Walsh's body, and he also claimed that his partner in crime, Henry Lee Lucas, was present. See? Not making stuff up, guys. There were a few problems with the story. Lucas was in prison at the time of Walsh's disappearance, and the child's body wasn't buried where Tool claimed he'd put it. In fact, it still hasn't been found. You would think those would be kind of glaring what, points that something matter. went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that this guy's lying. I don't know. Yeah, no. no. So bizarre. It's funny because I asked Joe Matthews to speak, uh, what was it, about a month ago or so? And he responded to the original text. And then once I told him who I was and that I wanted to talk, I haven't heard him since. <laughs> so. yeah. I'm back. It seems to be hey, the Yay! Okay. Thought we lost you. Well, I, my computer just went to, into freeze mode, so I'm on my, uh, my iPhone now. You actually oh. sound better now. Really? Yeah, your your sounds much better. It's probably because it kept buffering, and I was like, and then it finally just was like, all right, I'm done. Whenever yeah. after after the phone call with Adam's mother of the movie, it said I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it sounds a lot better. It threw up its hands. It couldn't deal with it anymore. Yeah, yeah. it said I'm tired of this shit. I'm tired of this. <laughs> Holy moly! All right, scrolling. Uh, wait, did we read this part? Yeah. We did? Oh. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm the one I... that's supposed to mess up. <laughs> I thought oh, I moved it. So. Okay. The recovered head may not even belong to Walsh. There's Adam. Again, we see him in these other pictures very looking very different than the baseball picture that was chosen, which about every family at that time had a child with a baseball picture like that, which really appealed to people's hearts and also terror that it might happen to them by association of the imagery. Um, it's hard to determine whether or not someone has committed a murder without solid proof in the form of physical evidence. In the Walsh case, the only piece of physical evidence that exists is his head. 
which some people believe might not even be his. Pictures of the child from right before, which we also in previous shows have shown the uh, claims of the head actually being on Monahan's property or a head and then it being, uh, you know, placed where it was ultimately found. And in the, in, in the accounts of the head when it was found, it was noted how, um, how the level of undecomposed that it was given it was found in a canal where there's gators and marsh and bacteria and everything else. Picture and two weeks later, pictures of the child from and again the van that was seen dumping the head and placing the head, whether it's Adams or not, was registered to the chief of police at the time and his son. Pictures of the child from right before his kidnapping show he was missing his two front teeth. Uh, there's even a witness who knew him and last saw the boy a few weeks before he vanished who stated those teeth hadn't grown in yet. However, the head that the authorities claim is Walsh's has one of its front teeth mostly grown in. This sheds doubt on who the head really belongs to uh, because teeth do not grow post-mortem. Uh, no. It's not, like we're, it's not like he was a lizard. Oh, yeah. Stop. Don't use the don't use the crazy terms. Walsh just doesn't fit the profile of Tool's victim. I'm rebuking that. Um, look how cute he is. But what's under his I've eyes? I've never seen that picture. What's under his eyes? Why? Why? Wow. Is that um, ultimately, Tool was jailed for two murders and confessed to four. The first two were those of an adult man, 64-year-old George Sonnenberg, and a teenage woman, 19-year-old Ada Johnson. Uh, of the four additional murders, one was David Shallard, a 19-year-old hitchhiker, which Johnson, uh, uh, sorry, like Johnson, he was shot to death. The identities of Tool's other three uh, attributed victims, not counting Walsh, are unknown. Oh. Mm. And and shot. So we've got a shot guy and unknown. That sounds very uh, three-letter. Okay. If there were young children, there would be more of a clear parallel between their deaths and Walsh's. Yeah, no, no children whatsoever. Adults arson. Based on the fact, though, and, well, again, he's a boy, I was going to say, and that Otis Tool is a homosexual. Um, based on the fact, though, Walsh's age and manner of death simply don't fit Tool's pattern. Let's get out of the gray zone. Yeah. <laughs> like Jeffrey Dahmer mutilated his victims, which could explain, yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to even keep going. I think because this gets into like the whole narrative and opposition. Uh, it's not that I don't, please, people, please go and read this article. I'm not like negating anything. I'm just, you know, tight. We're hours into this and I don't want to read stuff. That's someone's conjecture. Um, mm -hmm. Well, I guess we're, that's all that this is, but you know, it's nonetheless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the yeah. Dahmer thing, Dahmer did not kill Adam. Uh, he didn't no. kill Adam. Okay. No. Hairs found in Tool's car don't match those found on Walsh's head. 
Because, you know, the blood is, you know, still not human or animal. So why would the hairs match, right? But it's who exactly. it is. According to true crime writer Arthur J. Harris, authorities tested hairs found on the backseat of Tool's car. The DNA in those hairs was compared to samples taken from the head purported to be Walsh's. They didn't match. Uh, this means that either the hairs in Tool's car didn't belong to Walsh or that the head doesn't belong to Walsh. And I will say that I went to Arthur J. Harris first because I did find his work way more aligned, although aspects mm -hmm. I disagreed with, than Willis's claims. And so, again, I want everyone to realize this isn't like black and white. I'm not negating it. Like, there's also paid opposition. Like, they can do good work and reveal things to, to call it out, but then also ultimately gatekeep, right? We're seeing that in a lot in the Patriot movement right now with a lot of the influencers, actually. Uh, the fact that DNA testing wasn't done to determine whether the head was actually Walsh also makes the situation murky. Mm-hmm. Right up. So... Yeah. And again, I like I like looking at some of these articles because, I mean, we've already kind of covered a lot of this stuff in past episodes, but I think it's good to get another perspective, the media's perspective, you know, journalists' perspectives, investigators' perspectives, just to kind of round this thing out. Because otherwise, it's just us being talking heads, you know, and we're just spitting out the end. No, like, let's look at everything. And even people like you've mentioned, like Jay Harris, you just, you don't necessarily agree with him or Willis Morgan, but it's good to get their perspective on it. I agree with many points that they exactly. made. Exactly. I just don't agree with, you know, the with their conclusions. Yeah. yeah, I don't agree with the the swaying. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. I like like being able to to give the audience that perspective where hey, let's look at every angle and we're not trying I'm I personally and I know Megan's not either or Lindsay, we're not trying to 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 drive home one specific thing cuz we don't know. We're still, you know, there's there's I have my own theories, of course, and I know Megan's got some that she kind of adheres to, but in the end, we we really want the truth. So whatever know. the truth yeah. is, let's yeah. tell us the truth. We have ideas, and I know the audience has ideas. What happened? And even if you're new to this and you're just checking us out for the first time, uh, we have nine other episodes. You can go back and look at some of the the shows we did with uh, actual evidence from the files of Adam. The uh, what, what I always forget the name of just the Adam. Justice, justice for Adam. Justice for Adam. I always mix it up. Yeah, justice for Adam. Uh, you can go there and there's, I mean, a zillion documents you can read through and look through. We're going to keep going through them as we go. Um, we're just trying to, if you're joining us late, we're trying to reiterate some of the things we've touched in the past. And like I said, also just give you a well-rounded perspective of what may have happened. So that's why I thought maybe some of these articles would be pertinent to tonight's show. Oh, we dropped Lindsay again, so she's... Hang on. You're there. She's, I see her. Well, she's trying to enter again for some reason. Let's see. All right, I've got my... Okay, there she is. Oh, I'm okay. changing to my computer. Okay. <laughs> You're on twice now. <laughs> and I'm here with, uh, like... Cameras. I'm going to end it on the yeah. other one. There you go. <laughs> okay. Welcome Excellent. to Alternative Media, guys. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who's the producer of this show? Dinner. I'm eating dinner, and Lindsay's going in and out. Yeah. Right. So if this ain't grassroots and go with us, I don't know what it is. Okay. Right. So, um, and while you go to the next one, Gina, I'm going to check out the chat. Real sure. Quick. Go ahead. 
Um, oh, there was something I wanted to hang on. Let's see. Where was that? Oh, we'll get to that later. Okay. I don't want to give that away yet. Okay. Yeah. One more article. And this one, I let me just make sure. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. This was, I like this one. This was a good one. This was from uh, the Broward and Palm Beach New Times. So the yeah, recent headlines. And, and I want to answer in chat. We do have like the original, again, these two are uh, um, Willis Morgan, and Arthur J. Harris did, did credibly do the work to get uh, the larger images and the actual film. You know, they're saying that it would still withstand developing. Okay. And thank you for that. This is awesome. Uh, but the batch numbers that can be tracked. And so they did do that. And mm -hmm. again, that's going back to the actual, uh, the, the image that we just showed that is claiming to be Adam's face in the carpet is a ah. cropped, is a cropped image from a larger image. I want to reiterate that. Right. So you're right. You're absolutely right. And they did track it. Uh, and what they found and have proven is that it was a, a cropped small portion of a larger image that could actually appear to just be a boot mark or metals in the carpet or different things as we address. Um, so thank you for those. Um, Tanya is saying about the film, you're, you know, absolutely it could deteriorate. Um, I just find it interesting yeah, that that film was there for 30 years and no one ever examined it. Like, I don't know. Exactly. Uh, there's a lot of variable. None of it's uh, negated. I mean, it could have been, you know, there's obviously going to be some damage or deterioration, like they even are saying in the chat, that but could still potentially and most likely be developed. So, again, these people are very, we're talking about three letter agencies. We're talking about this potentially being something that was fabricated. And so you would cover, if you were a professional and you're good at what you do, you would cover all of your bases. So, you know, that's also what makes this, you know, a little more difficult than others. So it's, it's not negating any of that. Yeah, for sure. All right, last one. The recent headlines in the Herald and Sun Sentinel had a shocking quality. Photo said to show Adam Walsh's face etched in his own blood. Don't you love, don't you love the media mm -hmm. PR framing like it's just so wild. so radical right you guys hear me yeah we can yeah hear you. okay because it said your mic's not working so i was making sure it is now no it's good it's good oh yeah okay. go ahead gina oh you want me to okay uh we all know adam walsh's face when adam was abducted from a hollywood mall in 1981 it shook south florida when police announced that they'd found only his head in a canal it shook the nation. While his father, John Walsh, went on to become a TV crime fighter, Adam became a national symbol, America's lost child. It remains one of the most notorious unsolved crimes in our history. Hollywood police, who badly bungled the case from the beginning, have officially pinned the murder on serial killer Otis Toole. But there, there remains huge holes in this theory. A competing case has been made that another notorious ser serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer, committed the crime. Dahmer was in South Florida at the time, and two witnesses from the mall swear he was there that day. Adam was abducted. One of the greatest proponents of the tool theory has been former Miami Beach police detective Joe Matthews. 
Walsh himself has credited Matthews as having solved the case, and the detective has a book about his investigation coming out next month that he co-authored with Florida International University creative writing professor Les Staniford, there's that name, titled yeah. Bringing Adam Home, The Abduction That Changed America. And it's important to note, if you guys haven't watched our other shows, Matthews uh, was already in the process of writing a book when he was doing this investigation, which... And I- Go, go ahead, ahead, sorry. Man. Go ahead, go ahead. No, which was what? Sorry, that was my bad. And Well, and then I was going to say he's also the creator of, uh, or founder of some DNA company. Yes. So yes. he had a lot, Matthews had a lot to gain by the publicity then, from this case. And then we see which the DNA was used in Thorn with Ashton Kutcher. Exactly. Um, but I want to say something. Bringing Adam home, the abduction that changed America. <laughs> okay. I also want to point out, and please, I I really would love if people go look and challenge me on this. In the foreword of the book, Bringing Adam Home, The Abduction That Changed America, uh, in the foreword, one of the first lines, I think it is the first line, states that this book is a work of fiction. (laughs) You can't. Like... Why would you put that disclaimer in the book if it's supposed to be? Because they know that they have to cover their bases if anyone so, figures it out. I don't know. You uh, tell me. Just I, I'm just so mentally it's, ill and a conspiracy theorist. It's so, so stupid. It's just so dumb. Yep. <sighs> okay, where now I just lost. There we go. Okay. Which brings us to the photo in which Adam's face is allegedly etched in blood. It is reportedly the most startling piece of new evidence from the book, something Matthews and Stanford compared to the Shroud of Turin. The Broward Bulldog initially reported the story, which was republished in the Herald and Sentinel. And for those that don't know what the Shroud of Turin, it's supposedly the uh, image of Jesus on his burial cloth that has been under severe scrutiny for thousand, well, at least 500 years. But I got to tell you, um, I've just, this is off the beaten path, sorry, but I have looked into that quite a bit. And I got to tell you, there is very compelling issue or uh, evidence that that is, it very well could be his burial cloth. Like it's crazy. The evidence they're coming up with. Uh, Yeah. It's it's insane. Yeah. Wasn't there grilled cheese at one point? There was, there was no grilled cheese. Yeah, there There's, was. I'm going to look it up grilled, tomorrow. Grilled, grilled, wait, cheese. grilled cheese on the cloth? No, not on the cloth. There, there's a grilled cheese. Oh, I, I know what you're talking Yes, you're right. Yeah, and there's tree bark and stuff like that, too, with his image. Yeah, supposedly. I'm not uh, thinking. Sorry. Potato, there's there's people that collect potato, potato chips that look like famous mm-hmm. figures, too. <laughs> Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, which Jesus. brings us to the... Oops, I already said that. Uh, Proves our point further. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, after a test, after a resting tool in 1983, police searched his car with luminol, a chemical agent that emits a blue glow when it reacts to metals, including iron and blood. Among the photos taken in the car was one from the floor that allegedly reveals proof that Tool is the killer, an outline of Adam's face in luminol. The Cadillac, not a van. The sudden yep. Cadillac. Inside, see that crime scene photo from the first time. A familiar boy's face, mouth twisted in an oval of pain, battered lips. Give it to Standiford because that is some very creative writing. But yeah. but is it really Adam or is it the forensic equivalent of the Virgin Mary on a grilled cheese? Oh. There you go, on a grilled oh, cheese. Oh, I wasn't lying. That's a problem I have. <laughs> that's funny. It's oh right my there. God. Oh, that's hilarious. 
Okay. Um, I spoke with <laughs> I spoke with South Florida crime journalist Arthur J. Harris, the leading proponent of the theory that Dahmer killed Adam and the author of Jeffrey Dahmer's Dirty Secret. I wrote an earlier story on, story on a theory based on Harris's book and an interview with Morgan, which I found extremely compelling. Needless to say, he's not convinced. He compared it to Rorsch, the Rorschach test in which many, or I'm sorry, yeah. which anyone can see what they want to see. Yes. Like you were saying. Yes. Yep. I don't see Adam's yep. picture in there, he said. I also know that luminol only suggests the presence of blood. It really reacts with metal in the blood. It could have been, yeah. it could have, could have been reacting to the metal in the floor of Tool's car. John Walsh apparently believes in the veracity of Matthew's claims about the crime scene photo, though he publicly stated that he hasn't seen the photograph from a January 7th WSVN Channel 7 report. During the taping of the All Points Bulletin radio show with Broward Sheriff Al Lamberti Thursdays, Walsh spoke about the upcoming release of the book that will contain evidence uh, photographs that should once and for all settle the murder case. So he I'm hasn't not... seen the head and he hasn't yes, seen the exactly. head. That boy, right? That boy. <laughs> that boy. I'm that not boy. going to look at them, the elder Walsh noted. I don't think any parent wants to do this. They're good evidence that Tool was the killer and Joe has every right to write the book. He helped close that case. Okay, now. He's a manhunter. That, that, that I was just going to say. It, it makes absolutely no the sense. The hunt. The hunt. He looks at all the worst stuff. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. And then he says, I had to get that boy's remains. And we'll have to find that interview. But he's talking about, I I went to the Hollywood police and I was so tough. And I had to tell him, we have to get that boy's remains. What? Okay. Yeah. I digress. Well, I mean, it seems like it's almost every interview that it's that boy. I mean, uh-huh. I watched two more interviews today, and they were exact same thing. That boy, he said it repeatedly. Never my uh, son. Yeah, mm-hmm. The difficult truth is that we'll likely never know for sure about the photograph, just as we may never know with any real certainty who killed Adam Walsh. Although, uh. the, although the diligent work of Matthews and Standiford provides uh, a valuable resource in trying to understand the crime, it isn't the end of the mystery. It's another beginning. I wonder who in Cuba has all that research. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, they say it's lost. Joe Matthews' life life work and acclaims is lost mm-hmm. in Cuba somewhere. And, and all the computer evidence he had, he got rid of because he was afraid that Willis Morgan was going to break into his home and take all of the evidence or do something to his computer. This man who is, you know, top police official. Mm-hmm. Megan, did you want to go over that one article with the uh, Venice Family Clinic? I forgot to show it earlier when we were talking in the beginning. Uh, Yeah, we can briefly. Yeah, I think that goes, I mean, it's a little off of what we're talking about right now, but Mm -hmm. we can switch gears for a second um, because it's getting late and we can go over the Venice Clinic uh, article, which, again, we had had touched on in the beginning about my parents' 10-year divorce Mm -hmm. proceeding and uh, restraining orders being filed and this notion of um, public persona versus private life, uh, you know, as I can put it simply, right? Um, and that's what I started questioning and also seeing a pattern uh, amongst my father, his boss, his mentor boss, 
and uh, friends of his over the years when I was young and, and watched him help his friends destroy their wives when they started, you know, not agreeing with, you know, whatever was going on behind closed doors. So I'll put it that way. So, yeah, please pull it up. So this is from the Venice Family Clinic. Um, it, it starts off with Brendy Blackburn. Uh, Brendy Blackburn it was one of my father's mistresses. She wasn't just a floozy mistress, though. She actually had an apartment and like a whole second life with my father, we find out. Um, and she's one, a main one that, you know, while I'm raising my brother, which they tried to claim in my allegations yet again against me, um, with my own children when I was, uh, which I would never do because I had to do it. Um, and it was highly inappropriate. I mean, I love him to death, but anyways, when I was raising my brother Hayden, who was born 12 years after I was, um, you know, I would catch my father on the phone with this mistress. Uh, I know that he showed up on my 15th birthday with uh, stitches in his hip and a black eye and a boot on his leg saying that he got in a fender bender. His driver in DC got in a fender bender, which then we end up finding out was actually a severe domestic violence situation in a hotel room under, you know, the influence of substances of many kind. My father on Larry King live on my 21st birthday, uh, you know, had a whole episode coming out that he, is an alcoholic. He came out that he, or I'm sorry, I think it was, was it just sex addict? I can't remember, but he was a sex addict and alcoholic and on pills. My mother would be dumping pills down the toilet while I would be finding Prozac in her drawers. So who's mentally ill? Who's all this? But I digress. Brendy Blackburn is someone that has a history with my family. I've come into contact with her on phones and you know, her as the mistress and everything my whole life. So here we have Brendy Blackburn. Actually, this was again from an ex or Twitter uh, uh, kind of tip and information like what last year or a year and a half ago almost or so. Um, Brendy Blackburn was a producer in the entertainment industry. On the outside, she lived a glamorous life like many of us did. The kid, oh, silver spoon in your mouth, right? On the inside, she was in agony. Her boyfriend at the time, which they're referring to my father, someone she describes as extremely famous and well-connected, abused her and isolated her from friends and family. She became depressed and fearful. She stopped working and mostly stayed home. On the rare occasion she did venture out, she dressed as a man to avoid recognizing or being recognized, excuse me, by anyone who might tell her boyfriend they saw her. She tried to get help. Maybe that's why my mom's kept on an island behind a wall and given the grooms and the illegal immigrants to saddle her horses and, you know, all this kind of stuff, shopping trips. She tried to get help from therapists, but she felt she still felt stuck. Then she found uh, Venice Family Clinic's domestic violence program, part of its behavioral health services. Coming here changed my life around, Blackburn said. Whenever I come to the clinic, I feel more empowered. I have my home here. I feel safe. And everyone is friendly and kind. And through my work and going into the field and everything of healing and my own healing, uh, this is, I, I will agree with her. You know, that was very much the environment through my in, my career and what I had 
devoted my life to um, helping other people through trauma. You know, you have a support team. I had a therapist at the time that my children were taken. All this happened. I had, uh, you know, healing communities and support by other professionals and colleagues. Um, I'll continue. There are a lot of women here who understand you. At that time in my life, I needed to be around women who cared. And that's what I got. I needed something a little more special. One of these women is Gloria Hernandez. I actually have called and tried to contact her as well. I do my work. She was on vacation at the time. Uh, so I will follow up, but I nonetheless have tried to reach out. And I also have gotten the, uh, phone of Brendy, and I've also texted her and tried to reach out. Uh, a domestic violence counselor whose personal lived experience with domestic violence resonated with Blackburn. Prior to joining the staff at the clinic, Hernandez was the victim of abuse at home. It had gotten so violent that she lost a baby when she was more than six months pregnant. Being in a domestic violence situation, you're very isolated, you're controlled. Because our, uh, Hernandez says, because our program is within the medical clinic, women feel safe coming here. They could say they were going to a doctor's appointment instead. At first, Blackburn attended group counseling sessions, but she found that meeting one-on-one -on -one with Hernandez worked better for her. Gloria has, has a way about her. She's a strong woman. She has a way of getting you to say, I can do this, uh, said Blackburn which ironically is what I need right now. I'm sad, I've admitted it. It's fine. Uh, all these victims of John Walsh. And I literally was telling him I'm not his mistress right before all this happened. Um, who has been seeing Hernandez for a decade, even after she separated herself from the abu her abuser. After an incident in which her boyfriend vandalized her car. Again, John Walsh. After an incident in which her boyfriend vandalized her car, Blackburn called Hernandez. That's when I called Gloria and said, if I had walked outside when he was there, that would have been my face instead. That was a pivotal time, Blackburn said. And when my parents, and especially my father, started showing up in my house, banging on all the doors and windows and going through my gate and going trying to get through the back doors even of my home when I was going no contact to set up healthy boundaries for my children and I from the abuse. These are the same things that transpired and now we've seen him go and actually use his connections to literally kidnap my children in retaliation for not obeying. And, um, and, a, and a violent man has your children. Yes, a very violent man has my children who, again, meets his wife at 16, has attested to wanting to commit suicide after his child is allegedly taken, which is very suspect. Yep. And um, I believe he had a part in. And then he's admitting to drug abuse. We've got divorce with record. I mean, I literally had to live this. My dad would show up at our gate at night and my mother would be screaming at him to leave and threatening him to call the police and he'd be saying i want to see the kids and i mean it, it's horrific people have no idea literally i i used to call my house growing up on the island the shining house y'all like it's it, it's not funny <laughs> um 
She says, uh, Gloria gave me tools to get out. I'm, I'm like so jealous. I need tools to get out. I needed it. I need support, guy. This is like literally everyone wants to go like mentally ill, conspiracy theory. This is just domestic violence. It's Darvo. They blame, they, they try to beat the victim to the punch of reporting it. And then they say that they are victims of everything that they're actually doing to the victim. So this is not rocket science. Uh, everyone wants it to be like so big and up in the air and that's part of the witchcraft. Okay. That's the manipulation and the cognitive dissonance. Um, uh, I got the strength to get out of the relationship, got a restraining order, another one and moved on with my life. Blackburn no longer hides in the shadows. She now owns her own business, doing something she loves working with pets imagine we just want to do simple things and be normal people. I just love my life. She said, I still have my therapy and I still have my moments, but thank goodness I'm here. And again, I'm not attached to this. Like I'm, that's really amazing. I think that's really great. I'm, I wish she would have returned my text. <laughs> I mean, it sounds terrifying. I mean, she said that would have been I her face. It. Yeah. Like she really thinks he would have went to that extent and would have bashed her face in. Like that's, that's quite a claim. I mean, <laughs> she must have witnessed things before that you would think, right? There had to be other prior incidents yeah. leading up to it. Well, that's Ooh. like what I was saying when on my 15th birthday. And then I find out that it was a substance abuse, domestic violence issue in a hotel room where my father went into the bathroom and locked himself in there. And the girlfriend, I believe it was Brandy, but I don't, I can't quote for sure, um, called my mother. And my mother's on the phone in the hotel room. And my father's in the bathroom. And, you know, my mother and father have lived in the same house and, like, have this very convoluted, like, I mean, they are sex addicts. I grew up with like literally by accident walking in the room and they're like, you know, always doing stuff in bed naked and then would tell us to get in bed with them when they got caught, quote unquote, and get, you know, get in bed with them. Right. And, you know, just very, you know, innuent, like, you know, subtle, but not, not normal things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not normal at all. Like children should not even be around that atmosphere. I mean, that should be, that's a private thing. Doors closed, you know, kids in bed, whatever, or somewhere where they can't hear what's going on. I mean, but to have it like right in the open. We're all parents yeah. here. You lock your door. Yeah. And if you get caught, mm -hmm. you don't like go, oh, come get in bed with us. No, that's disgusting. Like you just did the nasty. Like really? <laughs> right. Not just did, you're in the middle. You're of in it. the middle of the nasty. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not cool. But then we're guilted. Like, we're the ones that walked mm -hmm. in and we're bad. So. Yeah, Anyways, it's more of another... Of it's like, if you think about it, it's another control tactic. Oh, God. They, in, they, put in another... they put us in therapy since we were little. I'm the one that used to have to stand up and, like, be the jerk and call all these names because I didn't want... I was trying to protect my six-year-old brother at the time from them trying to bring him into therapy. And they're talking about all this weird convoluted stuff and Adam and we'd have to sit there and watch my 
parents like in chairs looking at each other and breathe at each other and then the therapist would tell us how we're horrible disrespectful children i mean they were all part of it they were on retainer and they got paid for seven years if you have a, a therapist and you're in the same state or worse for seven years that your therapist is not working <laughs> not working that's <laughs> gonna say that yeah that's wasted money yeah Last two things, ladies. We're, we're at three hours and 15 minutes almost. So let's wrap I it gotta up. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So did you want to play the video first or do you want to go with the um, Bush family stuff? Uh, why don't you just play the video? I think that this video, I mean, it's a, we're now totally, I want to preface, we're totally shifting gears here, but I'm, we're also now thanking everyone for joining tonight and that was kind of our recap and just some things to go over to kind of touch on the different areas that we've covered so far in this uh in in this podcast and series um but this you know i want to rem remind everyone what we we're talking about hollywood florida what is the history of it what is the energy how are people living you know what are the dynamics there uh, and also with the Bahamas and people that would be in the hotel industry and not just like, you know, checking people in, but actually executives and doing the level of stuff that my father was doing and his boss and his connections and affiliations, um, which is, again, very close to Haiti, very close to uh, uh, Little St. James and all of that. It's all in the in the little area together for lack of a better term. So I just want people to really look more at like the feeling of this, the lifestyle, you know, that, that kind of a, a perspective when you're watching, watching this. Could you please give us your name? Jeffrey Epstein. Walsh was underage. Sorry. Oh, sorry, I was muted. Was that the so, whole thing? Yeah, 16 seconds. Oh, I think it was longer. Anyways, oh. it was just this very like glamorized uh, kind of, not glamorized, but like giving the authentic vibe of, you know, how these people that are in it feel, you know. You want me to play it? I don't know why, we did, why I did that. Yeah, yeah I wasn't, that's all, I wasn't that's all. expecting that at all. Yeah, yeah I sorry. can play it real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. Thank you, Lindsay. Oh, you, do I need to share? Or yeah, stop sharing probably good. Yeah. yeah, hit share. I might have to, let me just, before you do that, Lindsay, let me make sure it's set for multiple people here. Okay. Okay, I think it's ready. Yep. And also, also I want to remind before you start playing this that the the main branch in florida uh for the national center for missing and exploited children is in palm beach mm -hmm. yep and many more things are you ready go ahead lindsay yeah hit it we need sound is it muted it looks like it's no muted. Sound? Yeah, There's I think no it's sound. muted. Oh, I didn't mute it though. 
That's uh, so weird, because literally, um, that video was way longer than that. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that one's only 16 seconds too, right? What the heck, dude? Did you edit it, or was that off of... No. Uh, right off. I watched that earlier, and she sent it to me, and I literally... It was so much longer than that. That is so strange. Is it on your Twitter, Megan? No, it was off a of Telegram. Oh, um, Telegram. But again, it's just the the oh, well. you know I want I want people to understand how like this is glamorized for the people that are in it. You know, mm -hmm. like it's it's very swanky, glamorized. You know, and and I don't think people realize that it wasn't really. You know, we can move on. Um, well, we can play it next week. We'll we'll get it for next week for sure. Yeah, and it segues into what we're doing yeah. next week. You can move on to the Bush clip, and Lindsay can kind of, if you want to say anything or lead into yours next week, you can, or I can explain it if you want to put that up, Gina. Yeah, it's up. I, I don't see it. Sorry. Oh, Lindsay, you got to stop sharing. That's why. Sorry. Yeah, I did. Oh, did you? Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Technology. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here's a picture here that says still close, still close. Columba Bush, right? With her child friend, Olga Maria Hernandez. In 2001, Hernandez spoke of how Columba's relationship with her father had collapsed. Uh, sleazy neighborhood or sleazy neighbor, excuse me, the strip bar next to or uh, the strip bar next and hotel to the childhood home of Columba Bush in Leon. I can't read, guys. Sorry, I can't see it so small. Leon, Guana, Mexico, Mexico, which we'll get into next week. Mexico at the border. It offers rooms by the hour. Wow, by the hour. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Wonder what that is. Yeah, yeah. What's going on there? So next week we'll be talking <clears throat> about Jeb Bush in Florida. Uh, connections. And just so you know, Columbia Bush is Jeb Bush's wife. Yes. Exactly. Jeb Bush was, and Jeb Bush was the governor in Florida at one time. Yeah. So, yeah. and he has a lot of um, interest there. Yes, he, he just chose Florida. He just grew up in Texas, Houston, Texas. And then he just literally, this article said, he just chose Hollywood, Florida because, I mean, I mean, Florida in general because it was just, or Miami, actually, sorry. It was just a great way to start his family and start a new tradition aside from his dad because he, he wanted to be different. Not hmm. installed whatsoever. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Oh, and wow. Moving up into through Hank at will be covering his connections to Hank Asher, who we talk a lot about here with the CIA's and FBI's uh, matrix database, as well as LexisNexis and all of that, um, which he actually has huge connections with the Jeb Bush election fraud back in the day, as far as changing the databases and clearing criminals and having people vote that didn't vote that we see yep. now to present day. And uh, we also see Jeb Bush present day behind the governor of Florida, who is ignoring this case, Ron DeSantis. Yep. 
So we will yeah. be taking that from Paradise Island and all of that up to present day next week uh, regarding Bush connections, uh, trafficking connections, uh, and the whole lot. Right, guys? To put it short. Yes. Uh, Ronald Gaudier, good to see you. Hello from Rainy Krasnodar, Krasnodar Russia. It's morning there. Ah! Lisa said, what the hell is this? Jeb was a POS. Okay. You know what the whole... To be honest, the whole Bush family was POS. They were. <laughs> well, my we're going to uh, get into Prescott Bush. We're going to get into oil. We're going to get into mm -hmm. yeah, Prescott. We're going to get into the Sinclair connection. We will. Uh, we're we're going in next week, so that's why yeah. we actually postpone this the content till next week because we want to do a thorough job. And if anyone like that has uh, more information, please uh, contact us on Twitter or X uh and uh and give it to us we're open to that stuff uh oh i see ronald, you're running oh, ronald thank you first time here thank you we appreciate yeah you. thanks for joining us yeah. you know There's megan some, some of my best friends are some of my best oldest friends are russian actually go ahead megan didn't uh, you post the video of jeb uh getting the envelope the other day on twitter <laughs> it's one of my favorite looks ever it's my favorite. I, I admit, like, I, I stayed away from it, but I, I know I, from that kind of stuff. But I had to. I had but to. when I found that stuff out, I, she was like blowing it up after that. I was like, "Good girl." <laughs> yeah, it's I, like, I, I, I gotta say, I was pleasantly surprised that you posted that video. I was like, "That's not like Megan at all." But then I started cracking up. I'm like, "Oh, it's so funny," and I didn't know you guys were researching this stuff at that point. So. But it was oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't even know that he, well, I, I kind of got into that because I was like, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take that time period and those years and see what was going on during those years. Who was the governor? Who was the senator? Who was the commissioner? Like that kind of deal. Mm -hmm. and it, it took me on a whole other thing. And I was like, wow, now I get it. Mind blowing. Yeah. Like, I, I can't wait for next week. I was ready. I was like ready. So if anyone saw it on Twitter already or, oh my gosh, X, then, uh, you know, sorry, we're postponing until next week, but it's so, it's so deep and so real. Um, and uh, oil, it's, it's all there. All right. Yeah. So. Lapata offshore. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer Warrior Girl said, thank you, Megan, for being here, exposing all of the evil. God bless you, Mighty Warrior. Justice is coming for you and all of us. Praise God. We uh, Let's let's pray that justice is close. Let's pray for that for sure. Amen. Yep. And thank you. Thank you. Yep. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed the show. And like we said, we're always, if you have information, if you've done some of your own digs, we're we're open to uh, taking information, comments, criticisms. You can uh, send them to Megan's uh, email. My Well, I don't put my email out there, so don't send it to mine. <laughs> you can DM me on Twitter at DigiNote, at D-I-D underscore G-I underscore N-O. And you can DM me there if you have any information, or you can go ahead and send it to... Uh, Lindsay, are you, on, are you on X? You are, right? I am. Yeah, yeah we're all on X. You can yeah. message any of us on X. I need to put your, um, oh, I don't even have the names up right now. But when I put the names up, I need to have your tag under there. I keep forgetting. Yeah, Sorry. it's at Lindsay Nicole, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-N-I-K-K-O-L-L-E. Excellent. Um, yeah, go ahead. And, guys, if you have anything, we would appreciate it. 
Thank you for joining us on the Foxhole and over there on Rumble. Good crowd on Rumble tonight. We appreciate you also on the Foxhole. A lot of, I will give a you of... a little bit of tidbit, uh, like a little teaser. Mm -hmm. So back in the day of 1979 through 1987, Bob Graham was the governor of Florida. And um, he published a book that was called Intelligence Matters. In <laughs> Shut up. No way. Colon, semicolon, semicolon, the CIA, FBI, and Saudi Arabia. What year was that? 87, you said? He was the governor from 79 to 87. Oh, 79. 79 Bob Graham. To 87. Interesting. Yeah. And it's that, and he in that time period was when you know Adam went missing. So hmm. yeah, and then hard. and it does mention Saudi Arabia, which when we have Harriet Sucker on or who we mentioned earlier, if you go look at her work uh, and her ciphers, uh, bring up and and declare Saudi Arabia and Nixon and John Walsh and Reve Walsh. So yep, uh, and we'll be having her on in future shows. So it's only, it's only. Uh, the, the holy rolling stone is getting bigger guys so it is. gosh i literally i'm still on the floor really i like gino like and the crowd and whoever's listening like when i found this out i was like on the floor i was like my mouth was like literally like this the whole time <laughs> i was like dude is this for real i cannot believe well, it yeah. but I'm why is it but you know what's funny like at this point why are we shocked like it's like it's fun finding it, it but it's like we should be, now already know this like, yeah it's just so deep i mean people, it's it really hard for anyone to wrap their head around and including myself i mean when i was getting into it i never would have thought that it was this deep uh i knew that i needed to look at my parents life and, and things before adam went missing but i never knew that it would become so connected and and so no, deep, really. not this not this connected yeah. Yeah, and in our face, and and the the big implications that this has. So I hope that you know we're doing uh, it justice, no pun intended, um, and that you know we're we're doing the best we can to get people to really realize and understand because it is a lot of information. It's a lot to process, and especially when you've believed, you know, and and from your heart, uh, something different, you know, all along. So. I have church in seven and a half hours. Uh, real quick, Prairie, Prairie Fire said, wow, what a download. I've known about Megan's situation for some time, but had no idea y'all were covering it, all these episodes. Yeah, there's, we've got 10 of them now. Uh, you can also, I mean, Meg, go to Megan's Axe account. I mean, she's daily posting just phenomenal threads and information for everybody to consume. But it's a call to action. I mean, that's what Megan's all about. It's it's time for people to start doing something about this. And um, yeah, and if you know them. Megan's, yeah. I, well, the, yes. uh, America's Most Wanted Hotline, report anonymously, <laughs> for real, yeah. legit. Yeah, yeah. Do it. If, yeah. and it, you know, Make please. Cash prize. We're, yeah, we need we need Megan's story to go viral. Like this, is, they've suppressed it for so too long. It's time for this it's thing to blow too. up. It's time Insane. for people to understand what's going on with her own family. And now her her dad has a brand new show, the reboot of America's okay. Most Wanted on Fox. Uh, it's on yeah Fox Fox Network. Like it's like for me, the timing seems very suspect. I don't know. I, I'm claiming this is the demise. Both of you, you're being cute, and I'm not going to do that here. <laughs> I'm not it's, laughing. I don't know if it's. I don't look, I'm Megan. Not, Megan, it's not finish. cute. My father sacrificed five of us. 
uh, to a life of trauma, especially for children and a mm-hmm. newborn into the system to get his legacy back and install his legacy son, which we can pull plenty of interviews where he's asked about his daughter yep. and then focuses on his son saying that that's who he will bring back and is his legacy. And that's what the industry, William Morris Endeavor Agency, people need to understand this. I'm so sick of like the banter and the cuteness and because it's so heavy that we have to laugh. I'm guilty. Like I'm so guilty and that's part of my trauma. But this is very, very serious. People want to talk in these ways of like sacrificing. It has to be beheading and it has to be satanic circles and all that. No, you can literally sacrifice a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And my father and brother have sat there and have sacrificed and participated in sacrificing four beautiful children, including a baby to a system that they will never say. Why didn't John Walsh take the baby into uh, his home and have it raised by nannies like the rest of the children and, and selling them off to the biological families to get them to help him do this. Okay. Like I am so sick of people trying to keep their heads up in the air and go, oh, we don't understand. What? what? What are you saying? We don't understand. No, this is real. And what he's doing is creating a false flag. If my father has created this false flag to take my children and law enforcement and children, the Department of Children and Family Services and up to our governor and AG are all ignoring it and or have participated in it. This is something that the American public, I don't know where, how we are still at this point. And I will say that for my children and for countless other children and families across this country. And I am sick of it. I'm sick of the political banter. I'm sick of the, it's a movie, trust the plan. I am sick of it. I'm sick of people on large platforms that have resources and have their media backgrounds and everything. These people don't have big platforms and know how to do this stuff unless they are connected to media originally. Okay. So when you're watching influencers and you're watching these people that are saying and putting out child trafficking porn to keep you trusting the plan. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying not to trust, you know, I'm not getting into that. Okay. Like I give respect. I'm, I'm doing the best I can, but these it's so convoluted and we all have to get real because my father has literally created false flags that have affected our country and our children, our upbringing and our future for our children. And no matter what the past is, no matter what we've talked about here about Adam or anything else, my father in between 2021, April of 2021 to present day has committed federal crimes that he is walking around. And my brother knows well about them on this show. And he has two children of his own. So how does my brother sit next to this man and do these shows for his you know, two-story house in a gated community and his two kids and his Stepford wife that's lost all of her friends and is a weirdo more than any of us have ever been, Monica Perez. And how do you sit by and do this and collect money at the sacrifice, which actually they're the ones that actually started all of this internal you know, drama. We had managed family trauma and abuse and everything. And, you know, God works in mysterious ways. So I'm not saying that it wasn't, you know, what led us to here or rightful or wrong, but Monica Perez and Callahan Walsh had to make their bubble boy first child with this vaccines and all this weird libtard crap. 
and created so many issues and ostracized my family and broke my family apart, which created these issues that then came to the surface. And we, again, we know God works and it's his plan. And I'm not saying that I would change any of it, but we have to start addressing what's really going on and who's really responsible for what aspects, because this chaos magic, the convoluted narratives with the help of media, who is our agency, William Morris Endeavor, owned our family. This, I'm so sick of being, you know, chalked up. Oh, this is, you know, we've got America's Most Wanted just started again with a reboot. So what's going to happen? This is not rocket science. There's going to be gang stalkers. There's going to be false narratives and slander put out. Like people with my entire heart and everything I mean, get smarter. American people call me the jerk then, okay? You've watched me in grace, have my children ripped from literally my womb by authorities, by DCF. I have proven and done every single thing while being trafficked and trying to keep my own children from being trafficked by John Walsh. And people want to show up and do this show. And I have not spoken like this in the entire time. And I'm done. I'm done. This is idiocracy. This is literally, we don't deserve children if we can't get a grasp on this. If we can't ground this and deal with this and solve this, we don't deserve children. We don't deserve anything. I'll say that. Call me radical. I've been called worse, okay? But if this is what gets you to wake the hell up and realize that John Walsh is literally like Jesse Smolletting behind closed doors with all of his buddies, with all of his agencies. People are like, want to act so up in the clouds about why, why would he be doing, what was John Walsh? He's back and connected to every freaking agency that there is. Where is he talking about the national centers, you know, 88 to 92% and only reported uh, child trafficking coming from the foster care system? Where's the legislation and the NCMEC campaigns against that? Where's John Walsh yelling out about F and solving that is the world's crime fighter and the big bad guy, you know, the big man that saw the manhunter. Where is he about the border issue and the children? Watch, in a week or two, my brother and my dad will be right down at the border because I said it, just like they were in Haiti. How funny is that? In Haiti at the same time as Laura Silsby working in medical tents. So I'm done with the cognitive dissonance that we'd rather choose, like, eh, we don't understand She's crazy. She's mentally ill. I have a personality. I wear my heart on my sleeve. I have not given into media programming and what I'm supposed to look like and everything. I'm a mother who's here to help people solve trauma and heal it and find real, uh, uh, excuse me, answers to humanitarian issues and focusing on our country, America first, and our children and our families, not just the children. I'm sick of this weird obsession with just the children. Children need their families. And taking away children's families are actually direct violations of those children's rights because they can't speak. So what else are we talking about every day if that's not it? Don't say, oh, crimes against children and humanity. Don't say, oh, the for the voiceless that can't speak. 
you have you don't have that anymore and if you're trying to say the conspiracy is our american government through cps dhhs the national center for missing exploited children the fbi the doj homeland security ice trafficking our children and taking them from loving families at this point the the international trafficking the border and all of that those are byproducts because the system already exists and is already happening to our own american children when the hell do we care about that when do we do something about that and i'm sick of it i'm sick of it i was bullied i was illegally gagged for a year and a half talking about this i've been unlawfully arrested i've been terrorized and because i sit and my strength and my grace have been taken advantage of by this entire country Yep. And I, I'm sick. I'm not. I'm saying this with a full heart, with all due respect, and 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 with my heart broken. I'm laying this out to the American public. We have done the work. I work every single day for this, and am trying to survive while my life is under threat. On every single tweet, every podcast, every single everything, as well as my children's. And you know what's it going to take for the American public to stand up? What does that say about us? When this is this in our faces, we think we can solve other things when we can't even deal with this. This is the fiber and the fabric of our country founded under God. Where's God now? Uh, if, I, if God is leaving this country and that's a reality and he does that, okay? He will stay with us. But when you deny him and you put him second, God is not a second God, okay? He does, that, that's, the, that's the path you choose. And I'm done with all of this. Where's our society today? And why are why are we in this weird freaking space as Americans where we'd rather fight over political crap or call someone QAnon or call somebody a libtard or whatever? Like it's us versus them. Okay. And we're all brothers and sisters of Christ. We're all neighbors. If you don't believe in Christ, I don't care. You don't get to negate the points because you don't follow Christ. Okay. So it's humanitarian. It's it's your fellow human, okay? It's and there's more of us than there is of them. It literally is. And no one, and you know what? I've, I've put my butt on the fire. My children have been sacrificed. I've been sacrificed. I lost my entire life to come out about this. And because it's about the American public coming forward and saying, we want this case reopened. We want John Walsh investigated. We want CPS ended and better ways to be presented that doesn't have to do with a government raising or, or, uh, um, uh, interventions by our government on our families and our children. I mean, there's so many better ways. This is idiocracy. We are living in a loop of addiction to suffering, addiction to trauma, hypervigilance. These are all things that have been done to us. And we'd rather live in this circle, wait till the next year election or something like, no. And when these things do get solved, what have we done as a people to support that or to make sure that happens in our own communities? We're all so tired and traumatized that we're just going to give it over to the government. This is insanity. It is. It's horrific. And I'm sorry to go on this tangent right now, but you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm done with this. Like, if, if one, I am no longer addressing why were your children removed? What were the issues? Social media is so 
disgusting. I'm so thankful for the awareness and being able to spread messages and everything has a great place. But to watch America rather, and not just me, I'm not just be, I'm speaking on behalf of people and the others that I've watched go through this and the families that don't have platforms like this. And we would rather be so quick to be ugly, to say a swear word, to be sarcastic, to, you know, be oppositional and to shame victims rather than look at predators, prosecute predators. This is, this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. If you want Epstein figured out, go and go demand that it's indicted, that the procurers are indicted. Go demand to know different aspects of it that you think, even if you're wrong, at least you're doing something and you're actually standing up. And everyone in America is all like, you know, oh, we're aimless around because you don't know your per, you don't have a sense of purpose anymore. So start finding something that resonates, whatever it is. It doesn't even have to be kids. Like, the prison system or you know i know everyone's gommed on election it gets put again in a political realm like be smarter and want to rise above and say you know what i just want to know what the truth is no matter what and i can take myself out of a situation <laughs> to observe and ask questions i've had to do that with my own freaking parents <laughs> front of all of America while they're literally proving what I'm saying is right by doing the retaliation and taking of my children. But America would rather victim shame and say, oh, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's mental illness, it's whatever, even though that's proven. And I'm not negating that it's been an outpouring and the majority of good people, like we've always said, right, Gino, that have come forward and that have supported us and kept this going, which is a huge testimony. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's where we should but be. We each have I one of those. That we need to move into healing. We need yeah. to move into better ways. We need to move into community efforts that don't mind accountability, don't mind oversight, and show me thriving communities and families and society. And I have no problem giving money or funding or any of that to it. But that's the where, the place that we should be coming from. Not these this victim mentality where we have no power and we have to give money if we do not participate they do not profit and that is the bottom line there and i have never been against law enforcement i've never been against government i've never been against any of it but when it is not only not serving but it is terrorizing and 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 ruining the society and the masses of good people and their children this is a time when we cannot sit by any longer to put it lightly well, and I'm it's sorry. like you, it's like you said, sorry. We, God put us here for a purpose and it says in, you know, he's our maker, whether or not you believe or not, someone made us, someone put us here and we had a job to do. Right. But there's some people that don't believe in that. And I'm not going down any, ra any like avenue where we can just be put as they're Christians or they're Republicans no. or anything. I'm not going to start preaching God. I bring him up and I respect that. I'm sorry, but I'm in a moment here and I want to get a point out and I don't, I love God and God is real and he should take over everything. I hope everyone sees that in my heart. But again, we have to stop caring about what we think and what we want the people to hear. We have to meet people where they are and we have to be talking about these issues, whether it's something wrong or they don't know Jesus or blah, blah, blah. I'm sick of people being able to find one little hole and then negate it, the whole situation. Does that make sense? I mean, I, I'm not, I'm saying that from my heart.
honestly, because we all know that the Lord is first and foremost. We all know for me, for all of us here, for everyone, for the majority of us, but also we have another population and I'm sick of getting pigeonholed in this Republican party shit. Like, oh my God, I just swore and I never even swear. Okay. So that's how much I feel about this. Okay. So there I repent Lord, but like, seriously, I cannot take this. It has been such a psyop by every said, Oh, that word, because we don't understand it. And we don't research and we don't look it up in history and military uh, protocol and government protocol. Yeah. Cause it's so crazy. No, we, I, I'm done. And I didn't mean to, I mean, no disrespect, Lindsay, because you bring in what is most important. But my point here right now is to transcend. I don't care who you believe in. I don't care whether you have a trans kid, whether I think that that's abuse or not, or what my personal beliefs are. That's not the point here. We have to get on the same page and then we can talk about things within our communities, within each other, not the government, what the government does and what these people do their trafficking and within our community that are doing these things to us is they keep everyone separated they keep everyone opposed to each other and disagreeing and it's really cheap which is a great thing because once we can get it together then it's easy to dispel right and move forward but we have to get to that point and it's not some savior it's not a new president or an old president it's not anything it's you within yourself within your family, within, if you believe in God, your relationship with God. Okay. And, and how you work and operate out, outward and within your life to others and, and within your, I, I mean, guys, I could go on forever, but like, I say this truly with my heart because we're stuck, we're stuck. Okay. And I don't want people stuck in trauma. And then we're talking about these children's issues that are becoming child trafficking porn online, where the people that are putting it out are making millions of dollars on their platforms and not doing a thing for the cause while real survivors and real people are in the trenches. I can't even pay my car payment in a couple of days. Okay, guys. And I schlep my butt every single day. And my car is my only like lifeline. Okay. Like that. People have no idea and it needs to change. And that's what America needs to learn. So take it or leave it, judge how you want, do whatever. But I have come with my heart. I put everything out for the American people, for our healing, for our truth, for us to do better and move into better ways. And now it's three years and now everyone's sitting around waiting for another election in a year. You guys, that's like basically a year away. Are you going to do this for another year? Are you going to let mothers are dying? Children are dying. Families are being destroyed. Uh, the rest is up to you. I, I'm I love everybody, you know, praise Jesus and my children need to come home. John Walsh. Well, he's the gatekeeper of all of it. He is like, I'm so sick of being cute and graceful and everything. I have literally handed everybody everything to end this. And literally we would rather with our addiction to suffering and drama and trauma and everything that my father helped us perpetuate in this country through Fox, through mainstream media, through everything that everyone's talking about. And he was in it. I hope tomorrow on exits, Megan went off last night. Okay, go ahead. He he was literally in all of it, and he's literally he's their keep he's their gatekeeper he's their cover up guy he's the one that's manipulated every one of us. So I mean he, they're just going to continue to do it 
if we don't stop it. And then I get asked, right. why did they take your kids? I'll leave it at that. No, this is the mentality. M Megan, you and I have talked about this extensively. Like, we're, that's why I'm not on Twitter anymore. That's why I don't yeah. look at it. I'm sick of people talking a mean game and then doing nothing. Like, that's that's what I've seen over and over in this movement for six years. I, I thought in the, by the Patriot I, movement. Oh, I was, I was I, sucked I, in. First, I got suckered. I thought the people right. were going to come together. Yeah. I thought all those influencers that said they had Pizzagate and they care and all this stuff and still do to this day, I thought they were going to come together. They could have in a day, in an hour, come together with resources. We could have investigated this. We could have busted. We could get children, my children home safely. We could get many children home safely. But no, it's not right. It's not the right timing for the movement. It's not the right time for the political atmosphere fear in our country it's not the right to, this is pathetic sorry Gino, yeah. go ahead no I all i heard all i heard in the patriotic movement was and i was part of it and i could still i'm still a patriot i love this country yeah. but guess what Real we're not we're, we're not one. going to have a country <laughs> that's the problem you're not you're going to be a patriot what patriot of whoever overtakes our country like yeah. this agenda they've got going you better wake up and the, the problem is I, I, this is what I've seen. Country, people have been propped up as heroes. They've been propped up as a hero, put in a place. And I'm not calling out anybody in specific. I'm just saying this is what I've witnessed over and time, time and time again. People have been placed up in hero positions and they're like, oh, they'll take care of it. I get to sit back and watch the watch the show. Well, guess what? Just like Megan said earlier, this isn't a movie, folks. <laughs> this is life. Like it's real. Megan's life is real. What they've done to her is real. There's nothing fake about this. She's not. She she has told the same story every single podcast. I mean, Megan, how many podcasts have you been on for crying out loud? It's has it's has sickening. any? It is. It's sickening. And how and how many major news networks have covered it? None. Zero. Zero, folks. Not even Why? Crazy Daughter. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I'm sick of when I got into this movement. It was all about the children. That's all I heard. It's the children. It's the trafficking. It's the children. Look what Epstein's all this. Nothing, nothing, crickets. The thing crickets. is, it is and about some of the, the biggest in their eyes too. That's the thing. Yeah, some of the biggest, the but this is the real stuff covered. Yep. Some of the biggest That's accounts. That's how they do it. Hundreds of thousands of followers could could literally have an influence, but why? Why don't they speak up? We have to ask that question. We they have to know why. Resources from survivors yeah. and advocates and good efforts and new organizations and new ways. There is a whole population of people that have spent so much time and heart and care and have gone through this and have the proofs and everything. But we can't get anywhere because of the map, because of America, because of the masses. Yeah, I don't know. Who say they All care? I, I, if the thing is like it's not about views it's not about clicks it's not about any of that it's about action it's about actually doing something if you have a gigantic following then do something with it change change things you're an, you're a change agent you you have you have that much influence you have an opportunity to do some great things okay and forget the hero stuff there's nobody here you know who's heroes in this the people that have suffered that's the heroes. They, they got to struggle every freaking single day. Every single day. I know what Megan goes through on a daily basis. I've witnessed it firsthand. I mean, think, put yourself in, and, and I, I'm talking, like the people that are watching, I get it. We're not coming after you. This is, this is outside. You, get, you guys understand. I get it. I, we're talking to the others. Like, I'm sick of the ones that you, that, 
Oh gosh, I go. I literally, my head wants to explode. I when I but see a post that's that. when I see a post that says something like, "Oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening," but yet that same person has posted video after video or audio clips of of this matter, and then they're saying, "I can't believe this is happening." Like how I how do you reconcile that? I don't even understand that mentality. Like it's it's like, what are you trying? That just tells me that person's after clicks. Right. Yeah. And after and after a following, like knock mm-hmm. it off. It's time to grow up. I mean, we're adults. This is all adults in the room tonight. OK, well, we don't have to we don't have to put the kid gloves on. We can actually go out and do the work and get this thing done. We can do it. We just have yeah. to stand up. Sorry. Well, Lindsay, you mentioned right. hero and that's like literally one of their words that they that's made up. There is no hero. So that literally came from a the magazines of the comics you know back in the day that's how it came yeah yeah and the national center and all the grifting child predators use that the superhero yep. put the masks yep. on the kids like a panda yep. mask i mean i'm yep. i don't want to get too into what people can chalk up to conspiratorial but eventually but you can look at you're it. gonna have to realize and come to the fact that it's not you can't use yeah. that excuse anymore and we're there we're at that point so well, and that's right. just that's just something for the, the, the viewers yeah to look at and where they can it's see it true. for themselves. National, yeah. like you said, and and from that, I'm going to say to that point, look up the National Center campaign for their heroes, you know, whole little thing. It's it's creepy. It's anyways, uh, you know, we could go on and on, but. It's frustrating. It's just frustrating. I, I were, and I, Megan, I mean, like you couldn't have put it more succinctly. Like it was perfect what you just stated. And, and if, I don't know. I just don't understand that mentality. I've always been a do it. You like, got to do it, get it done, fix it, whatever. Yeah. And I don't understand why the most major thing we have in this country, the major problem we have in this country, no one wants to address it. No one really cares about children in this country. If we're it, going it sure don't seem like it. You know? Yeah. It doesn't yeah. seem like it. I mean, well, it, I mean, that's is, their mentality is that, oh, well, I'm just going to let that person do it. I'm asking, and then if yeah, when you have so many people constantly saying, "Oh, well, I'm like so many at one time saying, oh, I'm gonna let this person do it. I'm gonna let this person do it," then it's not getting done. We're, yeah, I agree, and we're not even there anymore. People are just going, "Oh, conspiracy! Oh, that's Republican! Oh, that's..." Uh, I mean, whatever excuse, it's so well, lame at this yeah, point. Yeah, but you so know what I the other one is. Well, I'll worry about it when it comes to my home. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the, lots of people have said that in other societies that don't exist anymore. So it's... You yeah, and if it happened to me, and I hate the fear mongering, I hate this, if it happens to me, it can happen to you. But, you know, if I'm sitting here and this is done in, my, in everyone's face and no one gives a crap, no one stops it, no one says anything, and we have countless families and children across this country why does that not register i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna use my cousin as an example she's watching with us uh brandy um she actually her husband actually has um a co-worker that has went through this exact same thing through cps yeah. so it's oh, the, producer, the, the, the producer one of the producers of it, uh in pursuit with john walsh has had her children taken by the way and is too afraid to say anything about it uh because she's afraid of more so i mean yeah. it's it's everybody i, I mean yeah. 
trans kids are getting taken no matter what you believe or not believe about that they're everyone my point is everyone is in jeopardy we're all sitting back and because we've been told this in so many other contexts and everything then i get it that no one but we have to start being smarter and grounded and sophisticated not so freaking cheap and literally the movie Idiocracy. Like, I feel like I'm telling people on earth that we need water to live at this point with all due respect. And I'm saying this from my heart. I'm not saying this disrespectfully. It's like, it's like, you know, tough love is abuse, but like at some point, somebody has got to lay this out and, and adamantly. And I have sat for three years explaining and being graceful and saying, I honor my parents and holding to all of that. But at this point we have, we have to have the hard talks and I'm done. I'm a mother, you know, I'm a mother first and foremost. And you can't sugarcoat everything. You cannot. That's how, that's how we got here. That's right. People need to yeah. wake up. Yeah, People. I agree. All right, guys, we got to go. They're they're shutting down Foxhole because they're doing some reset. I think. Thank you, Prey Dog for or uh, Prey Fire for letting me know that. Um, okay, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We'll be back next Saturday with the Bush family, <laughs> corrupt family. We'll go over that next week. We thank, thank you so for much for and yeah, be blessed. Have a great night. Have a great Sunday. Great rest of your weekend. We love you and thank you, and take care.